0: Good evening, everybody. Hailing frequencies are open, and welcome back to Clear Clear Skies. Skier Clies, our Star Trek Adventures live play here on Q Times. It's a lot to say every single time, and I'm distracted by the fact that right before we went live, we were talking about fresh baked bread because one of our mods, Librarian Liz, gave me a candle today that smells like fresh baked bread, and so. We were going through all of the lovely, lovely, and I was—I was joking that I'm just going to create an RPG where all I do is describe eating food, and and in sensory like descriptions, <laughs> and see if, if that helps. You know, hey, yes. I can drive subscribers to Q times. I'm down. I can do it. Do um, it. So we don't have Xander tonight. Xander will be back with us next week. Xander's got the night off tonight um so we will be without our sassy midwestern uh engineer that saves the day all the time but we do have a very ornery incendari who is on the scene and making sure that everyone knows how pissed she is as she saves the day so um nothing to worry about um yeah and also yeah i mean essentially and it actually works out pretty great because when we last left off chief tech was still on board the ross um and the equipment that you needed uh McCrell was beamed down and Dari is helping you currently <clears throat> so uh, but as eager as I am to jump into the recap because we've got a, an, a we've got a doozy today for the episodes um, let's go ahead and find out if anyone's got any announcements I'll go ahead and start and get one out of the way we had our first game for Gary Khan this Sunday where I got to play leaf and it was a lot of fun we're currently in the middle of a desert uh, we <laughs> we we are playing b dave is playing a character that uh that that constantly questions why we should be doing anything morally appropriate and uh that just that sounds but it's just different shades of it's what it should be is like there should be a catalog of b dave's characters and it should just be called shades of victor temple and it's just all of his characters and the different ways that he he charismatically makes you question why morals and ethics are worth your time (laughs) <laughs> if they don't benefit you, so I love
1: him so much. What a great you know, player, doing important work in the space.
0: Yeah, it was great. He he is he is playing a drow that has come back from the dead. So he's got uh, a little bit of a cynical attitude towards things. But the scene stealer was uh, Vivica, who was is, is playing a kobold with a bloodlust that cannot be contained. Um, she is playing she went full makeup and is playing a, a kobold that likes to bathe in the blood of her enemies when she's not asking very polite questions all the time. So. Oh, my
2: gosh, I made an old lady turtle that likes to bathe in the blood of her enemies. They should. Oh,
0: We've got this is like goes. this is like the key master <laughs> and the gatekeeper. we got to get these two together. <laughs> So that's going to be uh, 6 p.m. on Sunday nights. It is going to be or sorry, Saturday. It's on Saturday nights, uh, 6 p.m. Saturday nights at the GaryCon channel. And you can find it coming up next Saturday. We do. We have two more game sessions and it was a blast. Uh, Luke Gygax was very complimentary and I am very pleased. Uh, so uh, that's what i got coming up. What do you guys got going on? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 who won initiative? I think Gina did cuz she's got her mic unmuted. Go Gina.
2: Mine is just it's not a announcement of of thing, but it, it's a it's a personal announcement and I wanted to call it out. So, um my grandfather got glasses and his first hearing aids today yeah and he can see and hear and be with the masks and everything it's been really isolating for him and now he can hear whispers and has been hearing things in the other rooms and can see everything very clearly and he's very happy and i've been getting beautiful videos and and seeing him um just like Happy, so he might be watching right now. But so
3: I just want to
0: say
3: like, hi <laughs> and love you and yay, uh,
0: and yay. I will so, take any feel good story. To the top of this. Personal news. Um, I guess on that note, real quick, I can share some quick personal news. Um, I'd like everyone to to meet Bo. Have y'all met Bo yet? This is this is my parents' new puppy, Bo. <laughs> he is he is a little poodle dog creature
1: you're showing us the face of bow right now
0: yeah and I, I that's what i'm just gonna call him from now on but that's that's little bow you can see that on my twitter account so go have fun with that and uh make sure to say hi to Bo. uh bonnie what were you gonna say
4: uh this is gonna be fun for everyone because i haven't told any of you this um no. i have decided that i'm going to start streaming from my twitch channel okay my own personal Twitch channel Uh, Because everyone has told me to and I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it two days a week. One day as myself playing fun old retro games probably like Oregon Trail or something and another day I will be as Mrs. Claus game testing popular video games for the masses in the North Pole uh, and probably doing horribly at them. So, Uh, I haven't decided exactly when I'm starting this. I still have to get the setup all done and figure out what I'm doing. But that's going to be starting soon. My birthday is March 27th, so I'll probably be starting around my birthday as a present to myself or a punishment. We'll see.
0: You got to come play Sentinels of the Multiverse with us, or or Valheim. We just got our own Valheim server up and going. Ooh. You should just run around as a Viking and just kill things with us.
4: Okay, I can do that as an old lady. It'll be as Mrs. Claus. <laughs> so I apologize in advance. I I've decided any games that I play that are that are popular, um, and not like an old game from my childhood will be as Mrs. Claus. So excellent. You're welcome, everyone. <laughs> oh, oh, oh hey, oh dear.
0: <laughs> Sam, you had an announcement.
1: Um, I have two. Uh, one is actually a retraction of an announcement. Last week, I invited our audience to watch Power Play. I'm afraid I must withdraw that on behalf of feels crimes perpetrated. Do not go watch Power Play. It is full of crimes. It is too much and you shouldn't watch it. That That is all with respect uh, to upcoming games. Uh, the uh, Sam York Times apologizes for our error. Um, and the other part is um, happy International Women's Day. This stream features three of the very, very, very wonderful women uh, that we get to work with. And holy, holy heck, they're awesome. And I love them. Y'all dope yeah, as yeah. heck.
0: <laughs> our dope as uh, heck women. That, <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Anybody else have any other announcements? Yes, Gina. We're going. Back to I, I do
2: have an actual announcement. Double I didn't know if different. I could announce it, but I just checked, and Twitter announced it, so it's allowed.
0: Um, okay. Good. <laughs> okay. Good.
2: Okay. So, uh, the wonderful Rachel Seeley is going to be gming a Dogwoods and Dustbulls Western Five E RPG, uh, over on Pixel Circus starting this Wednesday at three thirty p.m. Pacific. Sweet. Uh, oh, there's a good time slot. incredible people: um, Whitney Moore, Jason Charles Miller, like it, 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 incredible, incredible. I'm very excited. Uh, so go, go. There's more: Lisa Penrose, Gabe Hicks, a lot of people. It's great.
0: That's Sweet. all.
2: I'm done now. Bye.
0: And <laughs> she just fades out of existence. Anybody else before we before we jump into tonight's episode? I think we should all acknowledge real quick that Rave sacrifices so much. Currently, The Bachelor is airing on television, and Rave is playing Star Trek with us, and, and we love you for that, Rave. <laughs> we love you for that.
3: <laughs> every day, I, every Monday, I wake up and I must make this choice, and I just want you to know I
0: single every- <laughs> galaxy. Watch The Bachelor. What do you do? What um, do I
3: do? Um, well, but yes, I am meeting with Jacob on what date that's gonna be happening, but uh, y'all get ready for the Bachelorite 10 candles. Anyway, yep.
0: Stay tuned <laughs> y'all. Um, any other announcements before we jump into tonight's episode of Clear Skies? Yes, Sam. Uh,
1: well, I wasn't sure uh, if I could announce it, but I checked Twitter and Twitter announced it. I'm excited
0: okay great (laughs) let's go ahead and start tonight's episode of clear skies Welcome back, everybody. Let's go ahead and jump into tonight's episode of Clear Skies, and when we last left off, the crew of the USS Ross was in a very precarious situation. They had come come across an SOS that had been sent out from a Federation colony near the Cardassian border. This was one of the frontline worlds during the Dominion War, though it didn't have any particular strategic importance. It is a class K planet with no known real resources. And a small Federation colony. The Dominion didn't even bother with it, but a battle did take place in this system during the war. And we'll get to that in a second. The Ross showed up and discovered that the environmental systems of this planet were failing and that there had been some kind of yesterday massive explosion here at the colony that destroyed much of the primary generators for the Environmental Environmental Protection Agency, God help us. No, the environmental systems had been largely destroyed that wasn't the only thing that was worth investigating there's also the simple fact that the head of the colony was acting rather suspicious a man named yomti who seemed very agitated and nervous as olin would later learn downright terrified as the investigation went on, a few things got uncovered. First of all, the environmental crisis that is taking place here on the planet is the spores that are native to this world and are just naturally airborne that saturate the air here on this world, on the surface of this world. They are potentially lethal to those who breathe them in. And this has had an unprecedented health... This, is, this has launched a health crisis in the colony. Thankfully, everyone is currently masked up and taking precautions to make sure that the spores don't uh infect any further colonists however when those environmental systems went down there was still a lot of folks that were ambushed by the sudden shift in air quality and as a result of that there are close to 18 colonists right now that are distributed that that are either displaying signs of infection or are deep in the stages of infection and death is the final outcome of this the mortality rate on this for people who are not treated is hundred percent and so that's the other thing the reveal was the ross discovered after further investigation that the explosion was caused by an undetonated polaron torpedo fired from a dominion warship six years ago during the dominion war and what's worse, there wasn't just one. There are, in fact, three. There are two more that have hit Planet Side that have not detonated. The reason that one blew up is because apparently there is an arms dealer with his crew lurking out in, in the system right now that is trying to extract those torpedoes. And he tried to pull one out and it set it off and it destroyed the environmental systems of this colony the leader of the colony sent out an SOS. Federation getting here is going to complicate things. So this arms dealer decided to take captive the son of the head of the colony and told him to get rid of the Federation. That plan shifted. However, when the investigation began to advance and the arms dealer realized he could sort of maybe use this hostage as leverage to get the Federation to use its resources to disarm this one torpedo let him have it, and he can be on his way. All of this is happening while Dr. McCrell is currently in the sick bay trying desperately on this colony to synthesize a cure. And it does seem to be possible. Now that the Ross is here and the full medical facilities and information that is available to McCrell, keep in mind, a doctor that synthesized that was able to modify Borg nanites to repair a damaged brain currently one of the Federation's most talked about doctors in Starfleet out and currently in service is now on the scene trying to figure out how she can synthesize an antidote, a cure, anything to slow down the spores and get them to stop killing their hosts. That's going to be happening today as well. Where we last left off after a brief encounter, captain Saul put the fear of God in this arms merchant, which caused him to sort of rabbit a little bit and is now working through his intermediaries. They've arranged for a meetup where there will be an exchange. They're going to deliver the boy. In exchange, they just want to extract the warhead. An away team has been chosen. Prawl is getting ready to go down. Prawl, by the way, I'm going to, unless you instruct him otherwise, he is going to equip himself with a phaser rifle. Which that just so you know the reason why that's a, the audience, for the audience to know whenever whenever you ratchet up the stakes like that whether it's using torpedoes grabbing a batleth or a phaser rifle it awards the GM threat it's not to punish players it means that the stakes have gotten higher because shit is going to hit the fan things are becoming more intense so awarding myself one threat and Prawl equips a phaser rifle orders his security officers to stick with the hand rifles he's going to take up a position um the great thing about beaming down to planets like this is you can select where you want to set up and you guys have a brilliant bird's eye view of the meeting spot thanks to them high definition sensors um it'll be prawl Lacat, exio and olin who has been asked if they would be willing to take point and try to negotiate here um You don't know who you're going to be talking to just yet, but it seems to stand to reason it's very unlikely it's going to be the arms dealer himself. A man who is a Zabalian named Nightin Jaj. And he is just as obnoxious as the Zabalian that we saw in Star Trek The Next Generation. But he's also pretty clever, and we're going to start today's game off with asking for our captain to make a Insight command check here. And you can absolutely use anything you've got to like read opponents. Like you have uh
1: I have sense motive specifically.
0: Then yes, definitely roll it. The difficulty of this is gonna be a little spiky. It is gonna be three. Now keep in mind though that you guys are retaining the momentum that you had from last game. You can use Exio is currently uh planet side, but You are both in communication. So, the two of you, if you would like to assist Exio, if you'd like to ask to get an assist, you can say that the Captain and and their first officer are basically talking out the encounter that was just had with this Nightin character. As this is essentially a role to... This is essentially a role that is empowering Captain Saul to basically use that brilliant analytical mind of theirs to try to strategize who the fuck they're dealing with right now. Yeah.
2: Um, Can I? uh, I've always wanted to do, I don't know if I've done this quite the same way. Um, I've recorded whenever I always record away missions, especially Mm -hmm. if like something gets corrupted in my data, I want a backup in case we need to have that memory. Um, So is there a way I can like, beam up live feed as my assistant. So Saul literally has eyes on the ground, literally through me. Can I beam my signal as a live video cam, like a body cam almost? Absolutely. That's how how I'm narratively saying I'm assisting. Okay. I'm literally giving you a feed.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Cool. Absolutely. Um,
2: What would I roll for that?
0: The difficulty is three. Um for you, Xio, I'm gonna say that is going to be I'm gonna say that's a control command check. Okay. Or actually Actually. Hmm. Really um I'm gonna say make that a reason engineering check. Okay. Well, then in that
2: case,
0: no. Okay.
1: <laughs> I got a two, a two, and a three. So uh, <laughs> to oh! Okay. Sorry, there was something in my were eye.
0: You, you basically you spent a momentum for that one?
1: Yes. Uh, so okay, two cool. down to one plus three.
0: Okay. So, yeah. And then you're going to gain... Mm. You're going to gain that momentum back, I believe, right? So two, because you yes, hit your... Yes, we're up to four now. Right. Okay. Um, okay, let me give you a quick profile, and if you want, you can spend XP on this, uh, or rather, momentum Sol, to learn more. But okay. here's what you here's what you're devising from Nightin. Um, Nightin Josh, what you have read from him so far is that he kind of is very. I'm trying to think of a better word than foppish. It's obviously a word I'd like to avoid, but let me explain that he is more. He is, he is personally. He is projecting an, a a false air of kind of clownishness to you. Like he's being a little too just like ha ha. Like ah, Captain. There's something about him that tells you he is trying that he's playing the game right now, and that your opponent. Is a lot more clever than he's letting on, and that activates the instinct into you that you you don't for one second, Saul, with all of their training and all of their encounter, all of the things that they have done in their life and espionage, you don't for one second believe that Knight and Josh isn't expecting you to pull some shit, and in turn is not also going to pull something here. He's you definitely get the sense that you're not dealing with a fool. Despite the fact that he has tried to portray himself as sort of like a giddy little captain that is not particularly focused on the tasks at hand. Like if I was captain with a cup of coffee in my hand.
2: <clears throat> Interesting. I didn't, yeah. uh, that was such a perfect opportunity for you to reach off screen... Drink slowly.
0: Oh, but I, I, I moved all the mugs out of the way because I, <sighs> I had to put my, I had to put my no dice mug tray. Shot. <laughs> no mugshot. No mugshot.
4: You I missed your shot. moment, Eric. You missed
0: it. I drink my water. Mm, H2O. That's
1: a fair enough assessment given that he said he would expect treachery. I would too. the uh, I admit I lied. I don't actually have special pips just for treachery that I wear on the bridge. Uh, but, but that I, said,
0: this is this is a GM's way of of letting you know. Essentially, the way I can make this more much more translatable is you are dealing with a major NPC, somebody who actually has, somebody who is like a, a main character NPC who could be a villain. In other words, he's got more resources at his disposal. He can spin threat. He he can he is a clever one. This guy.
1: He did, as I recall. Hmm. Uh, So I'm going to uh, spend a momentum, uh, which will get me two questions because I have studious, especially uh, for things like this. The basic structure of our deal as it stands is reasonably favorable to him. If everything goes his way... He makes out all right with at least one Polaron torpedo. He's expecting treachery from us and of course is quite correct in doing so. But if he wants to commit a treachery in turn, where do I look first? He's in the sky and he's on the ground.
0: That's a damn good use of spending a momentum to ask a question. And, and, and simulating the brilliant tactical mind of a captain um, so, so you're pacing back and forth on the bridge looking at the view screen there's a m- small windowed corner where you're listening to Exio have a conversation with Olin but you're not really hearing what they're saying to each other they're probably just it's not really relevant to what you're thinking you're just absorbing the information in front of the view screen just beyond Vren you see the horizon of this planet and the distant sun with the asteroid belt that is wrapped around it. You see the data readouts. You're just absorbing the quiet for a moment, and asking yourself, he has the advantage, where's the treachery? And as you begin to mill about this, you're pacing back and forth in the bridge, it begins to occur to you that technically he doesn't have the advantage. In fact, in this situation, there's no way a small-time arms dealer like this would be able to make it out of this. You, I mean, unless he has something truly remarkable up his sleeve, this kind of meeting, this kind of exchange, it might be legit, but there's no way he should be able to expect that the odds are not against him succeeding at this. And then it occurs to you, and on an instinct, you turn to Vryn and say... Just blurting out, following to answer, to drive that narrative as an answer to the question that you just asked me. Saul turns to Vren and says, show me where those other two torpedoes are. Vren brings up the other two torpedoes on the screen. Um, There they lay. One of them is in a distant sort of rocky surface about three kilometers north of the location where y'all are meeting, and another one is a kilometer farther north than that. It looks like they just kind of spread in a line straight up north towards the pole. Nothing particularly unusual, but they're completely unguarded. Now, with a Federation starship on hand, does he honestly believe he is going to get Starfleet to hand him a torpedo?
1: No, he's going after the unguarded one, because there were three originally. One went off, and one is guarded. So it's the third one.
0: He, Your instinct, the answer to your question is, this is all bullshit, and he almost played you. He does not expect an exchange here. However... Remember when we last left off, there is confirmation that the boy was going to be taken to the meeting site. So that might still be legit and part of the ploy.
1: And it means that everybody at the ostensible negotiation site is imperiled because he doesn't care about anything there. As long as he gets the other torpedo,
0: everyone's expendable.
1: Well, don't tell his poor employees. He has, what, two humans and an Orion on the
3: ground right now that we spotted?
0: That you spotted, yes.
3: I think it was two Orions and a human, unless we're correcting that.
0: Yep. Two Orions and a human. That you guys spotted at the main site.
3: Right.
5: Uh...
1: So I still have a question uh, okay. for Studious, because um, I get I get the bonus baby. Uh, so uh, I know that they have uh, two camouflaging advantages. Again, one on the ground and one in the sky. They mm-hmm. had the uh, signal that they used to block those two orions and one human. Uh, thank you, Lukat. And they have taken position on some form of Cardassian vessel in most likely one of the asteroid belts and even more likely the interior belt, the denser one. Mm-hmm. Which one is going to be easier to get emissions or signal out of? The sky or the ground
0: to get. Sorry, your if I question want to is...
1: track, I want to track. Uh, ideally, I'd love to find both. Which one's going to be easier? The one that's signal blocking on the planet, or the one that's hiding in an asteroid field?
0: The one that's signal blocking on the planet is probably going to be the easiest. the The ship itself is currently. If If the theory the is space correct, space is very big. Yeah, and the ship itself is... I mean, the Dominion used this this system specifically to try to hide from the Federation before the anime I know, I want caught up to it. Right?
1: I want to arrest him very badly.
0: <laughs>
1: <sighs> All right. Uh, I'm going to relay that information to... Exia, who can alert the negotiation team and brief them, and separately to Prawl. Okay. Because we've already spun off a couple of tactical teams to secure this site. But I don't want to tip our hand that we're looking for another one, and I could use his tactical expertise.
0: (sighs) (laughs) Prawl... Exio, you're within eyesight of Prawl, so you see his reaction. And he sets the butt of the phaser rifle down at his foot for a second and just goes... <sighs> and you see that jaw clench in his in his face. Hard to read his eyes with those goggles on right now. But you can, you've seen enough of Prawl to know he's probably experiencing a mild form of bitter respect for his opponent right now. As he's kind of thinking about how to deal with the situation. Um, And after a moment, he looks at you, Axio, and says, we have the option of sending a small team to try to intercept anybody who's trying to take those torpedoes. We risk being spotted, could blow the whole thing. We also don't know what we're up against, if they're using a blocker. Or, you can utilize us here in case... Ambassador Majanil has trouble negotiating for the release of the boy. Either way, I I honestly don't know, Captain, what's the better call, but if you want to put me north to put eyes on anybody trying to get their hands on those other torpedoes.
3: Oh.
5: And
2: Exio has made her body... uh slightly more visible up for the moment. (laughs) So we've not uh, moved out quite yet as Mm -hmm. more information has been uh, coming in. Um, I'm still an asset in terms of not being seen. Um, I do have the task of scouting for possible snipers. Is that still a relevant um, concern given the new circumstances?
0: You're asking Prawl? Yeah. Prawl says, probably not. Chances are, the real people, the the real threat's gonna be up, I mean, the torpedo's all he wants. So my guess is is that if he's got heavy hitters, they're probably up north at the other torpedo to make sure that if we uncover what he's doing, he can still get that thing out. It's also worth noting, Captain, they blew up one torpedo by accident, so that he knows he's taking a risk getting the second one. Worst case scenario, if these things are blowing up as they're trying to be removed, I just need your authorization to make the attempt, but if I see them trying to get that torpedo off planet, I could try to blow it up.
1: We're going to hold that as the absolute last possible. Above all... They don't get that torpedo out. We don't know if we can find them in the asteroid belt before they wrap it. So the most important thing is making sure neither gets off planet while armed. Uh, Xo, you are
2: one of our stealthier. Uh, I can head there now and bunker down before the far long before, which I'm sure they actually would have already sent scouts by now to do the same, to make sure no one's hiding.
1: Yes, Um, I would pre-clear the area if I were they. And I'm going to talk to Chief Singh about our possibilities of that second torpedo.
5: Yes. all right. This might be an
1: engineering problem on the second. But yeah. for now, prol, I need you at the first site. We have a large number of precious staff there and they do need to be protected. It is Not a lower mention. risk tactical position, but it is more important for us to maintain in terms of personnel safety. I need the my R. best guarding my best.
0: I understand captain.
2: And I'm the safest officer to go to the more, with limited staff, uh, I am the safest officer to at least scout to determine what's going on over there and when they make their move. I'll move out now.
1: Excellent. Thank you, commanders.
0: Prawl looks at you, Axio, and just says, don't have too much fun without me, commander.
2: It'll be, imagine, uh, just a lot of running. I'll keep you updated. He nods. And uh, she re-stealths, and you don't even see uh, dust uh, from her footprints. <laughs> What's So
0: yeah, basically linked up to the Ross and being able to scan the surrounding area like a chameleon you're basically able to reflect the imagery that is surrounding you creating a digital skin over your over your body XEO, that essentially makes you look like a moving distortion it's possible to see you but not but not easily this is uh th- this is a I- you, you basically, for, for anybody who's watched it, you basically look like the predator moving around. Yeah. You, there's this warped bending of light as you move through. So if you, if you are near anything that looks like complex, like plant life or anything that has a big pattern or anything, it's going to be easier to spot you. But right now you're going to be moving out sort of in like the badland area where it's just shrubs and plant life under yeah. a wavy heat. That is uh waiting for you out there so the odds of you being spotted are pretty low um
2: they're not looking for a hologram officer
0: um yeah no um at about that point when you just go and just fade out prawl just goes
5: i gotta get me one of those
0: um he turns and looks at you olin and says i've got your back ambassador no matter what happens and it's also worth pointing out, I mean, you're the ambassador here, but the guys we're talking to, they may not know that they've been made as expendable as they are. It just kind of gives you a quirky smile. Might be an edge.
6: Or it might be that I am as responsible for their lives as I am for the child's.
0: It might be a little more pliable when they find out that they're being thrown to the lions, is what I'm saying.
6: Of course. (sighs) Well, um... I have to admit, I've never done one of these before.
0: Prahl goes very quiet at that. Doesn't say anything. Moves around. But you can feel this sort of darkening of his mood for a moment. And... Lacat, you're also on the scene. You've got your phaser at your side. Prawl nods to you. There's two other security officers that are going with y'all. With that, he just says, You're in command, Ambassador. On your word. Uh
6: then let's um let's be off then.
0: All right. You tap on the communicator and contact Chief Singh, who arranges a site-to-site transport to the location. Um, Let me roll for Chief Singh real quick. I'm going to just love his stats here. This is a good opportunity to generate some momentum. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Gain two momentum. Uh, Cool. All right.
4: I mean, we're maxed out, or are we up to. You five? might be maxed out. No, oh, because no. uh, right. one, one for one for studious.
0: To so use a curtain of blue energy that it begins to immediately envelop you, and you hear that beautiful chiming sound of the transporter being able to de-atomize all of you as you are instantly transported elsewhere on the planet. Meanwhile, at the medical facility, McCrell, you have been working tirelessly with Doctor Yen, um, who is every now and then just sort of like. <clears throat> Like pulling out his shirt, um, coughing is not a symptom of this. Uh, it, what is a symptom, though, is lightheadedness and the needing and the need to lie down. It, essentially, exhaustion. Right. Um, you see the opening stages of that as that sort of blue iridescent glow, glow around his irises has become a little more pronounced. Um, and he's and feeling
4: he's, a little numbness in his hands and feet, if I remember. Yeah, like his hands, A yeah. whole
0: lot. His fingertips and his toes.
4: Mm-hmm. He's
0: been he's been keeping you apprised. To his credit, Doctor Stephen Yen is not trying to hide anything. He's basically pulling a scully, uh, okay. excuse me, a, a scully, where he's basically walking you through all of the symptoms as he experiences them because it's important information to disseminate in order to break it down so you guys can beat the bad guy. Okay. Um, so every now and then, he'll look up at you and be like. Sensation's not coming back in my fingertips. Okay. Now, real quick, just so you know, with Dr. Yen, you're not necessarily on the clock with him just yet. He's in the early stages of this. Mm -hmm. It is going to wreak a little havoc if he has to do anything that requires some finite dexterous skills with his hands. But there are ways around that. There are always ways around that. he is still very much in the game. So he is constantly keeping you apprised of his situation. Um,
4: it's right the... Now, uh, we
0: have been working on trying to get the synthesis using all of the data, checking the medical profiles of uh, that are available to you on board the USS Ross, scanning through all of the known, likely... Uh, I would say similar events that have taken place in the medical profession of how you could use a, a synthesized... Uh, Curative here to try to help suppress the spores effects. And the two of you have been working nonstop. And where you are right now is actually going to take us to your extended action.
4: Of course it is. Yeah. All right.
0: So after it's okay. I
4: just I just ate a lot of fuel. I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry for sorry for anyone who had to watch me Um, eat, but
0: (laughs) where you are at right now is that ever since you arrived here inside this med bay, Ensign uh, and Dr. Yin and you have been working nonstop mm-hmm. to try to find a way to get the power you guys needed and to synthesize a cure. Prioritizing um, what,
4: obviously the ones that were on the mm-hmm. ventilators Even and the, that were like- priority right, right now.
0: There's a 13 year old girl who needs sport. your help more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And uh, she is top priority right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so get ready. Now I warned you this is gonna be a doozy.
4: I'm ready. I thought okay. it was- oh.
0: So, the extended action here is going to be a difficulty for extended action. Okay. It's got a resistance of three. Okay. And a magnitude of four. Okay. Um, the work track is 18. Okay. But where it gets really shitty is... You have limited attempts on this. Now, it means that no matter what happens, McCrell using all of the medical knowledge at her disposal, with the help of Dr. Yen, you guys are very likely going to succeed.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: But you're in that terrible, terrible position right now that a lot of doctors find themselves, where how quickly you work will determine how many you can save. It's a shitty situation, you've been here before, you were doing it during the Dominion War. But these incredibly difficult stats that I've thrown at you, you have eight attempts before you lose your first patience.
4: Jesus, okay. Wait, Mm. Uh uh-huh. Okay. Let's, I'm ready for a tip number one.
0: So we can go ahead and make our very first roll. You are going to get an assist from Dr. Yen.
4: Okay, fantastic. And I'm assuming this is control medicine.
0: Yes. Now, and my focus is come too, into play. Because Incendari has helped restore power to the facility, you are going to be able to use the facility's medical computers to reduce the difficulty from four down to three.
4: Great. So uh, uh, I'm also going to use. Works like a tricorder. Haha. Uh. Well, it's not an injury, so that wouldn't attack. That wouldn't.
0: Okay. Okay. Anything anything to do with diseases or- Yep.
4: I'm going to use my talent of quick study. When attempting a task that will involve unfamiliar medical procedures or treat an unfamiliar species, ignore any difficulty increase. This is an unfamiliar medical procedure. We don't have a cure yet. Eh?
0: So here's what I'm gonna rule. Using that talent, I will not be able to spend a threat to increase the difficulty on any roll that you throw for this.
4: Okay. Now my lights are falling down. If this is gonna, get, this is getting so intense. Okay, because you're delightful.
0: <laughs>
4: oh, <laughs> de
0: You yeah, said lovely. All right, so, um, let's go ahead and make the roll then. So the difficulty okay. for this, this is going to be your, yeah, this is going to be your reason, medicine
4: control, reason
0: control medicine. Um, control medicine is more of like. control medicine really functions more of like if you were conducting surgery or if you were using if you were using uh if you if if you were using something very delicate if you were conducting a very delicate procedure inside the body and whatnot if you're trying to synthesize an antidote or a cure something like that that's gonna fall to reason reason
4: okay reason medicine difficulty four
0: uh, but three, because you got the yes, because you've got the, yes, you've got the right. science facility at your disposal. So let's go ahead and I'm start. This take momentum. Number one, I'm marking it down.
4: If we're down to four, okay, and I'm going to use my focuses.
0: Uh, Doctor okay. Yen rolls a sixteen, so he's not going to be able to help you on this one.
4: Okay, that's okay. So I got one, two, three, four successes, because I did. Uh, I was if I'm able to use my focuses, one of them was right on the focus.
0: You are. Um, so you got four successes Mm -hmm. that means with the resistance of three you've got one success which is all you needed i love that so you're now going to roll 2d6 plus your medicine score which is 7d6 which is
4: hold on Uh, and then four uh okay i got not great I only got um, three little stars.
0: So three, three effects, or three, three successes rather.
4: Yeah, and then one um, starfleet symbol. So one effect. That was a f- an effect, right? Yeah. Uh
0: huh. Okay, so you can always spend
1: a momentum to reroll the remaining dice if you want to, um, mm-hmm. and possibly also spend one to pierce through the resistance, given the number that we're looking at. Uh, that you don't have momentum. to.
0: You wouldn't have, you wouldn't, since you beat the, since you beat the resistance rating, you don't have to worry about spending for the piercing because four That's successes true. was enough to just completely skip over the piercing.
4: Okay. So you actually I,
0: saved momentum this time by rolling like a badass.
4: <laughs> okay. So, but I could, I could um, technically re-roll those other four die that were blank.
0: Uh, yes, you could.
4: I'm going to do that. I'm going to take momentum yes, real fast. You Way better. Uh, another success and two effects.
0: Two effects.
4: Two effects. Yes.
0: Okay, hold up. Um,
4: Does that make a breakthrough?
0: No. Uh, give me Three one effects. sec. because You can actually spend effects. Uh. Okay. So, how many successes total?
4: Um. <clears throat> One, two, three, four, five, six successes, three of them being effects.
0: Okay, so first of all, that is a breakthrough. So you're already going to, <laughs> you're already going to drop uh, the magnitude down to three.
4: Look, this is what I do. Yep.
0: Okay. You're dropping the magnitude down to three. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Okay. Nicely done.
4: Thank you. Seven attempts left.
0: You got Um, this. So, just so you know, uh, just and this is a good refresher for the audience, too. The most common thing you should keep in mind is additional work. You can spend momentum to get another point (laughs) of work done. Um, I wouldn't recommend it here because you hit the five threshold, so you don't need to do that. But if you would hit four, spend momentum, get the five. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, There are times when the dice seem to hate you and you want to get a reroll, which you used, so that was brilliance. There are some special abilities with effects, but you typically have to have, like, a talent or something that will actually let you use those. Right. But in this case, uh, getting that breakthrough is huge. So we're going to say that for this next, like, 15 minutes, You're looking at the vital signs of that young kid who is currently on life support. And you Mm -hmm. just have your first breakthrough. As you and Dr. Yin are poring over the data, the two of you are pushing yourselves hard and basically connecting the dots on how to synthesize this cure. Um, He's getting incredibly frustrated, but you come over and finish his sentences and actually lead him into the answers that you need. And the two of you bunker down and continue your work. So when we come back to you, you'll have seven more attempts, but you just launched yourself into the work track in a major way. You've slashed off six from the work track and got a breakthrough. So well done. Um, She
4: drank a lot of tea this morning. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I would say at the end of this round of this extended task, McCrell, you immediately feel that surge of, you're not letting this thing beat you. No. You've got this. And that girl's gonna live.
4: I punched a changeling. This is nothing.
0: (laughs) If only you could punch these spores.
4: Yes, they're too tiny. My little paws can't reach.
0: Okay. Before we jump into the next scene, which is going to be the hostage scene, would anybody like to do anything? I'd like to cure. Any, any other further preparations?
1: Uh, are we counting what we're doing up on the ship uh, with Sing as preparation?
0: Uh, we could play that out real quick. What did you 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 want Sing to set up a site to site? Is that correct, or you want to get you want to set it up so that Sing can get that torpedo out of there?
1: Very probably, or at least uh, the arming mechanism.
0: So you're standing in front of Chief Singh right now as he's thinking about this. He tugs on his, his beard a little bit, kind of twists it for a second as he's thinking. Not something he typically does. And then he says, It's very likely that if I were to attempt to beam the torpedo, that it might explode in transport, which to be, as you know, Captain, is not going to be a threat to the Ross or anyone here on board. It's possible. I don't think I, c- perhaps I could be in the warhead. I would need to access a clear line to it. So once the warhead was perhaps exposed, it would be very I can difficult. Put,
1: I can put our science officer on it, getting you the best high-resolution sensor feed to maximize your fidelity. And we're hoping to get someone on site, so perhaps you will be able to bunny hop over their signal and we'll clear out any causes of interference. If that clears your way, can you do it? And if there is risk, is it at the site of the transport or at the destination?
0: It would be at the site of the transport. Worst case scenario is that if the warhead were to discharge during transport, if it happened in the middle of the transport itself, it would not be a threat to the Ross. But of course, it might begin its detonation effect during transport, in which case I would have to send it back to the planet. It's complicated when it comes to explosive antimatter devices in the middle of a transport, Captain. It's not safe, but there are ways to protect ourselves.
1: Surely you can simply beam it into space. That... for the sun. It's very big, and there's a very large margin for error about the destination location, as long <laughs> as it's far.
0: I could certainly send it away from the planet. Yes.
1: That's the goal... I assure you. Well, I'll feed you the sensor data and you can tell me what sources of interference might prevent a potential lock. We'll see what we can do to clear them. And then you can keep your finger on that trigger. Aye, Captain. Excellent. I'm going to stroll back up and have a nice talk with Lieutenant Spencer.
0: Okay. So you're standing in front of Lieutenant Spencer and Spencer looks at you and they say, So, scan the torpedo, Captain, to see if we can get a lock on the warhead.
1: The torpedo, the vicinity, I want to see every speckle on every rock. And I want to see so deep inside the torpedo that I see the maker's mark on the internal core. Can you do that for me, Spencer?
0: Spencer, gives a slow nod and says, I think I can, Captain. And they turn and I'm going to roll using Oxcrew stats here. May I assist? Yes, you may. Thank you. Um, I would say, yeah, I mean, not to sound like a broken record, but this is definitely going to be a presence command. Uh, Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> All right.
1: That was the presence command number. Hit it right on the dot.
0: So I'm going to set the difficulty of this at three. Tell me what you got.
1: I got one success from salt.
0: Okay. They got one success. Um, Can we allow them to take
1: momentum momentum? to roll an extra die? Well, we don't know that they have cautious and it's after the, we didn't give them an extra die before the roll.
0: Oh, but you know what? We didn't roll for the Ross.
4: Hey! <laughs> <You're right. laughs>
0: we, we did not roll for the Ross.
4: <laughs> the Ross is like,
0: what the fuck, guys? Like, yeah, I'm right well, here. You
4: guys forget about me.
0: One <gasps> success. There you go. <laughs> Which gives
1: us uh, a momentum because that's how the high resolution sensor talent works. So,
0: mm-hmm. um, back up to five. Okay. So, this is all starting to happen about the same time that Xio is being beamed to sight, currently cloaked. Uh, up on the view screen captain you see a high resolution of the battlefield as it were this uh shrub land, essentially where you see a lot of plant life a lot of dirt it looks very much sort of like um a very bushy arizona desert is kind of what it resembles right now um But with the high-resolution sensors, you can see the details on some of the larger rocks that are just laying there on the ground easily. And in fact, you could probably get a molecular scan on these rocks easily. Uh, The torpedo is very obvious. You can see the scorched marks in the Earth itself kind of trailing up into this shard of torpedo that's lodged itself like a wound into the side of the planet. And there are already four people on site which were not showing up on sensors until you hit that three difficulty and spencer scanned just now in fact you can see them materializing as y'all are scanning and you see all the indications that you just fought through sensor interference to pick them up on sensors and immediately on the view screen at about the same time xio is arriving you see that there are three Nausicans and a Lethian on site um for those of you who need a quick reminder of Lethians, they don't make an appearance too often in Star Trek. I think they only made two appearances. They are very commonly known to be assassins. They're used typically as assassins. The thing that makes them so dangerous is they are telepathic and can use telepathy to kill people. Um, this one uh, is on site with three Nosakan bodyguards.
2: Quick, how do I turn my emotions
1: off?
0: <laughs> well oh it,
1: i've been working on that for so long commander if i knew how i would
0: also it's important to keep in mind exio that no one has ever been able to really read your mind they've only been able to oh get that's a true sense of you they're not feeling.
2: empathic they're telepathic oh
0: right so yeah olin can feel what you are feeling but Olin couldn't read your mind any more than a Vulcan could if they tried to mind-meld with you. Um.
6: See,
2: safest officer for this particular <laughs> I
0: mean, you are the Commander Data of the USS Ross. <laughs> Except for you, you are the Doctor Commander Data. So... <clears throat> You all see this pop up on the screen, Captain, just as Exio arrives on site, and you see this little insignia, the Chevron of the Federation appear on like a tactical readout map, indicating that uh, you now have an officer on site. Exio, you're about 1,200 uh, meters away from them, jogging towards them. You can actually see, as you were approaching, uh, the the figures of people that you were not expecting to be there are in fact there.
2: Got here faster than I thought, Captain. Oh, well, we'll
1: admire their alacrity later. If we can get the signal interference device off of them, stars, I can just beam them to the brig. Yeah. <laughs> and I like that much more than you fighting that many of them. Not that I don't think you could win.
5: I'm I am might me. get scuffed.
0: And about that point, do. you hear Vryn speak up and say, Captain, they're arriving on site now and Vryn brings up a screen and you see your negotiating team beaming on site to where the first torpedo is as you guys materialize on site olin the first thing you see is a human dressed in leathers that have sort of like of course it's very 24th century star trek style so it's kind of like these sort of uh, roguelike leather strapped across his chest with a slight point to both of his shoulders. Um, he's got what looks like thick, thick hair, but it's uh, completely worn away with age on the top and is pulled back into a ponytail behind him. Looks like he's probably in his mid-40s. The two Orions behind him, also notable to you, Captain Sull are not wearing the traditional servitors of the Orion syndicate styles. You don't see any plates in their head or collars on their neck, and they have hair on their heads as well, indicating that they have never or or, or freed themselves from what remains of the syndicate. These are not former uh, servants of the syndicate in any way. They have this dark orange... Uh, hair that only looks sort of orange when it catches the light. Otherwise, it looks just like dark brown hair. Um, both of them are quite well. I'm just so distracted by Bonnie's camera right now. Vacation <laughs> has a friend, apparently. <laughs> um, He's
4: looking for his treats and I can't stop him. And
0: he thinks <laughs> in the camera. <laughs> he,
4: I hid them behind my camera earlier today because he yeah. was so bad and knocked everything over. He's in my like,
0: room. let me add him, Olin. Let me add him. I'll take him. Um, Oh, my God. As you all beam on sight, it becomes clear that they, they stiffen immediately because you outnumber them. They stand about 20 meters away from the torpedo itself. It is between the two of you. The lead pirate puts his thumb in his belt and just looks around and says, well, here we are.
6: Indeed. And I want to take a moment to be slightly self indulgent, because I mentioned before we boomed down that Olin had decided to dress for the occasion because their usual ambassador robes were not uh, exactly appropriate for the situation. Um, And so they are in what is essentially the equivalent of uh, a cat suit. Um, it is a kind of grayish leather happening, um, but there are like the moto quilted leather, uh, like the quilted uh, thing, like motif happening that starts mm-hmm. like at the nape of their neck and then wraps around their their torso and then around one leg down to all the way to the to the ankle. And then they're wearing like combat boots that come up to mid shin,
5: um,
6: okay. and like you know they're equipped with like you know the standard like stuff uh, for an away mission. Um, and uh it's yeah it's it's combat 7 of 9 with no boobs so <sighs> yeah
0: <laughs> alright so y'all just kind of stand there you immediately you get the sense from him Olin without having to roll your empathy tells you uh he's pretty calm under fire this guy but he's also a bit of on a hair trigger even though he's portraying himself to be very calm might not take much to set him off. The two Orions that are behind him, you get outward hostility from them. They're just looking for a reason to cause violence. You don't see the boy anywhere. But you do get a sense that there's more than just three people here.
6: I hope you're all doing well.
0: Well, we'll be doing a lot better once we get out of this hellhole.
6: I'm guessing... we can help
0: each other out with that. Maybe you help us get that. We give you back the innocent kid who shouldn't have gotten tangled up in this in the first place, and we'll be on our way.
6: I'm guessing your boss doesn't instruct you to take children hostage often?
0: Not often, no. It's not why, well, I can't speak for these two assholes, but it's not why I signed up
6: Must be very uncomfortable for you.
0: I wouldn't say that.
6: Well, if not uncomfortable, then at least uncommon. I guess one will do just as well as the other.
0: So, uh, you're doing the talking, I guess?
6: I'm going to make attempts, of course.
0: All right. Does the talking happen while y'all are working on disarming this thing for us?
6: At least as far as I'm aware. But my job is obviously to make sure that no harm comes to the child. Though I, I'm afraid I don't see him.
0: Yeah, we've got him here. We just wanted to see how many of y'all were showing up first. Does this, um, from one of the hiller, like the the dunes that are behind him, you see, and you're seeing this too, and Saul it immediately spikes a sense of irritation in you because on the sensor read of the screen from the bird's eye view, you see coming out of what looks like a shroud invisible for a moment. And now visible from sensor interference, you see two more individuals emerging from a spot that looks like it's been masked from, uh, overhead kind of giving away that there is something of an obfuscation taking place here, so not give away their numbers, but two people emerge from this spot in the sensors, <laughs> And uh, <laughs> two people emerge from this spot in the sensors. and uh, one of them looks like a, uh, one of the young boys. It looks like a, uh, a young Grazerite boy. Um, you see a Nausicaan pushing forward uh, this young this young kid, probably about 13 or 14 Earth equivalent of human years, um, Grazerite, looking healthy, but alarmed, and you can sense his fear immediately, Olin, when he starts being shoved up over the hill. The Nausicaan, unlike the two Orions who are ready to go, the Nausicaan is feeling impatient and irritated. Almost like he doesn't want to be here. <laughs> um but he shoves the kid forward who immediately hits the ground a few feet behind the guy who's leading the negotiation.
6: Well, there's certainly no reason to push the poor child.
0: I agree. You could uh, be a little more gentle with them, couldn't you? The Nausicaan just looks at him and says, yeah, it's not good talking to him like that. Here, let me help you up, son. And he lifts the boy up off the ground. The kid just looks at him for a second and then looks at all of you notices the starfleet insignias and you olin immediately feel this just like (gasps) i'm getting out of here kind of like oh my god i'm getting out of here i'm getting out of here and then his eyes fall on jane LeCat, and immediately he has a reaction and he doesn't hide it either olin he looks at the cardassian in the starfleet uniform and goes what the hell is that
6: that is a person and my friend
0: Really, you know, there's a few people behind me right now that lost a lot of people to folks just like her wearing a different uniform.
6: And she lost a lot of people to a lot of people who looked just like her in uniform as well.
0: That's fair. That's fair. Kind of deserved it, though, didn't you? He says that, pointed straight at you, the cat.
6: I think we can dispense with the insults right now.
0: All right.
3: So, I just want you to know that I rolled a 5 and that's the only reason that we are continually You didn't really call on this
0: motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only reason we didn't watch our first vaporization take place on clear skies. <laughs> I was so um, close to a
1: phaser lock, I feel you,
0: buddy. I was going to say, both the Ross, LaCat, and Prawl open fire.
6: <laughs> Olin <laughs> watches their entire career go up in flames.
4: <laughs> somewhere in medbay, yeah. LaCat goes...
0: Wait, I need to claw someone's eyes somewhere. I'll be right back. about by. to
3: die right here. Um, but I think that because I rolled a five, I think her attention is completely on this child. Um,
0: and- there is that if if we are going to point at the way Cardassians conduct themselves and things get dangerous, you follow that typical cool, unreadable attitude facing down someone who's trying to get a rise out of you. You just stare at him. You manage to keep control. But what does Olin feel from you right now, LaCat? Um. Oh, man. I think
3: that you feel <laughs> Well, you feel this. Okay, so earlier you uh, felt this like dark sense of um, excitement from Carl. And so I think that after the initial sense of anger, you get a spike of that as well before you get some like deep breathing exercises. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and it's, it's that, Trying to redirect her attention like to the kid. Like there's a kid here. Get out of here. And like she's trying to focus on that and use that as her anchor for uh calming down whatever sense of let's just make this a spaghetti western and shoot them up. Um, that's not that's not what this should be. It's a kid here.
0: There, there is an anxiety that is palpable on the bridge of the Ross right now. Whether or not the captain is ex- is experiencing it is another matter. But right now, it feels like all the kids are away, Captain, and they're in the dangerous situation. And you're watching on the view screen high above the surface of the planet. And on one side of the view screen, you're watching the showdown between Lacat and everybody on the other side, and the negotiations taking place. And on the left side of the view screen, you see a single Federation officer that is currently cloaked moving towards three very, da- or rather four very dangerous individuals who believe they're out here alone near a, a warhead that could detonate at any moment. Um,
1: I almost feel bad for both teams. <laughs> the arms
3: bad. dealers, to be clear. <laughs> but Lakad is still in a place where she doesn't trust herself to say anything. So she mm-hmm. is just, you just be quiet. this guy. Yeah, for right now.
6: I think Olin see, slightly adjusts their position so that they are interposed a little bit more between the rest of their group and uh, the the um, the people talking. Okay.
3: Uh, and you get annoyed at that. It's like who is protecting who here? <laughs> um, who's the squishy one here? Uh, you get you get this type of annoyance when when, when you do that.
0: So. After regarding your shift in movement, he just says, So? Let's snap two. You disarm that for us, you get the kid."
6: Of course. I just... I want to check and see how he is doing, if you don't mind.
0: Run a tricorder scan.
6: I'd like to ask him a few questions, if that's alright.
0: Why do I feel like you're trying to stall?
6: Well, I'm not necessarily trying to stall. I am genuinely interested in the boy's well-being. But this is a delicate process and might take some time, so we might as well fill it with something that is actually relevant, which is me assessing the boy's current mental state of being.
0: Uh, Make a presence command check here. Okay. And this will be Can I
3: assist in any any way? Not going to get an assist on
0: this, yeah. This is all Olin. (laughs)
3: Cool.
6: Um, I have. <laughs> I would. What's my difficulty level?
0: It's uh, It's a. It's, a comp- it's technically one, but you're. It's a, you're rolling against. It's a contestant roll. Yeah,
6: just contestant um, roll. Geez. So I have a couple of of, of um, determination tucked away from a, an advancement way back in the day. Um, okay. And one of them is specifically, like there are two of them. There's my tough love diplomacy from when I talked. Uh, What's-His-Face-Down at Narendra Station from freaking right. out about Romulans. And then there's also my experience with Jashashia First Contact.
5: Uh-huh. Um,
6: and I feel like either one of them could apply depending on this specific uh, situation. Um, this isn't necessarily tough love. This is very much like, I'm trying to get on your level. I'm trying to like, you know, make things comfortable, sort of like what they were doing with um, yeah
0: yeah, I would say definitely not Tough Love. The, the, yeah. this, the impression you're getting from him right now is that he finds this to be useless, and he's impatient. Right. And he's suspecting you for delaying. So Tough Love would probably push him in the opposite direction. The other yeah. one, however, might work in your favor.
6: Cool. Then I'll go ahead and burn that one.
0: To so get two um, successes automatically, go ahead and make the roll. You've already succeeded. I rolled a 19 and an 18. <laughs> so, love. Jeez, let's so see this, how, this, much this, this, how much momentum we get, get. from him <laughs>
2: Yeah. All right. Uh. Oh
6: shit! Christ! <laughs> I rolled one and a two, so that's six successes, motherfucker.
0: <laughs> so go ahead and max yourselves out of momentum, then. Um. He he listens to you say this, and on any other day, he might just spit at you for delaying, for trying to manipulate him. But he gets a sense that you are being kind of parental right now. And maybe this is a way of calming the kid down so the situation doesn't get out of hand. He kind of considers you for a moment, Olin, as you deliver your explanation. The tone of voice that you use, you're making the eye contact, you're calm. He takes you at your word and he goes, all right, fine, ask the kid some questions. You up for some questions? And he puts his arm around the kid and shakes him violently, like he's his buddy, his pal. And then keeps his arm draped over him and the kid looks terrified and just nods.
6: Well, I guess I'll start with the first one. It's fairly easy. They hurt you at all?
0: Did we hurt you? And the kid immediately goes, No.
6: And, yep, the empath uh, losers are just way, way up.
0: (laughs) He's not lying. They haven't roughed him up. They haven't actually... I mean, they've, they've been a little rough with him, like throwing him to the ground and whatnot, but no one's actually attempted to hurt him
6: okay cool and are you are you hungry did they feed you
0: they gave me something to drink something to drink that's called Nosican ale that's gonna put some hair all over your body trust me
6: okay so you haven't fed him great um does anybody have any water on hand
0: I've got some water. You hear Prawl say with an edge in his voice.
6: Um, and yeah, Olin holds out their hand for it, and uh, holds holds the bottle up so that the human can see it. Okay. And approaches very slowly and just sort of. May I give him some water, please?
0: Give him some water. So you've Keep seen on. the boy's fine. You hand, you you approach, and he takes the, he snatches the water out of your hand, and takes it back, and gives it to the boy. Um, the boy immediately opens up, slides open the bottle, and starts to guzzle it. And he says, "There, look, see, he's drinking." The sooner we get this done, the sooner he can go have a meal.
6: Uh, Olin kind of gives a glance to Prawl.
0: Prawl um, is, pr- Prawl is, you know that. That precious moment before a cat pounces, where they're as still as, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Prawl is sitting there. Um, his finger is not on not on the tr- the phaser's trigger. He's got it resting up off the side. He is in he is in resting position with the phaser down, angled to the ground, but he is stock still.
2: Yeah. Is he giving a little butt wiggle?
0: Um. Yeah. Prawl is kind of given that little bit of he's showing his hips right now.
6: We we do actually have like an engineering an engineering team with they're us under the guise the of yet. like they're are they mm-hmm. actually working right now yet?
0: Um they they are waiting for you be to be told to get to work. Since okay. you're taking point on this, if you tell them to go start removing the warhead, they'll start.
6: Okay. Seeing that Prawl appears still to be fairly at ease, uh, they'll kind of toss a look over their shoulder at the engineering team and kind of give them the like you may begin
0: sort of nod. The two engineers move very carefully over to this Polaron torpedo that's wedged in the ground. To the left, Captain, you see Exio has reached uh, is, is within about 10 meters of these guys right now, and they have not detected her. (laughs) <laughs> um, Exio, as you get closer, you hear the Lethian turn to the Noxicans and go, alright, they're on site. Let's start the work. We need to get this done before the exchange is over with. You want to be left here, do you? Hurry. And then he stiffens for a moment. As do I. I'm gonna spend two to threat. Hey. And Exio... He stiffens, and he looks in your direction, right past you. He just goes. And he starts looking around for a moment. Almost like, you know, somebody's sensing that Bilbo is wearing the ring nearby. He just kind of, like, glances around. And as you remain completely still, he just glances right over you. But you immediately get the impression from body language that he thinks someone is here. He doesn't know where you are, and he doesn't know how to explain it, because his next course of action, he goes, Hurry up. And he just starts glancing around.
2: Well, now I think I know who's uh, got the fancy device, because he is instructing them on what to do, as if they are the underlings, and he is the lead. And the mm-hmm. lead usually has the expensive tech on them. Yeah. Um, so... Can I examine his person since he has now turned in my direction where a device that could be blocking the signal be on him? Because uh, the point right now is to take the, whatever's blocking their signal away so that Sing can beam them into the bridge. Tell you what.
0: Tell you what, this is the same scene happening in multiple locations all at once. Yeah. Connected through Cerebro, which is Sam Delev, who is currently on the bridge of the Ross. You're basically seeing, uh, Saul is basically seeing everything happen at once. And as a result, this being the same scene, I will let you burn one of the momentum that Aki just scored a huge success on. Thank and you. That momentum will let you spot the device that's on his belt. Great. Yes, indeed. Um, Exio, you've seen devices like this, it is in fact used commonly in people who are transporting contraband, who are are using transport inhibitors, it is a device that interferes with a lot of Federation technology, not just Federation technology, but across the board, it lets people move through a galaxy that is capable of teleporting you wherever they want and picking you up from orbit. This is a device that helps you get around that.
2: So is that what I what I know? If these are radius devices, or would each individual have
0: to carry? a radius device. Oh,
2: okay. Well, then, since he already suspects me, I'm within ten meters. How close is roughly? Uh, yeah, you're 30, you're yeah. about. Yeah. yeah. I don't know meters very well in my brain, <laughs> like um, distance.
1: Think of like a, a swimming pool, not full Olympic, but like that's roughly ten meters. Give or take. Yeah.
0: It's okay. ten meters is uh, so. Wow, if she it, heard if me from if that Wait, one meter is three feet, so ten meters would be roughly thirty feet away. Okay. So in D and D, you'd be a move action away from him. <laughs>
2: what about a phaser
0: action um so the way i'm rationalizing this
2: yeah
0: is that being that your phaser is a is not an object that is part of xeo but being carried by xeo
2: yeah
0: i'm rationalizing they that you don't have one I'm I'm rationalized. Well, you can spend a momentum and say, hey, look, I brought my phaser.
2: (laughs) Right, (laughs) but I wouldn't know how to camouflage
0: that. You could, this is what I was saying, if you wanted to rationalize it, because one of the things you can do with momentum is you can burn points of momentum to be like, thank God I remembered my air mask. Um, In this instance, Mm -hmm. you could say that your phaser is currently in the holster at the small of your back, so that facing forward to these guys, they're not going to be able to spot it. Okay. But if you pull that phaser, they're going to see a phaser being held by a distortion in the desert. So the jig will be up. If they're looking at me. That's true.
2: Um.
5: You can you beam
1: something down about 100 meters from the secondary location? On the opposite side of Axio's position? Can you do what? I want Sing to... Uh, the lead Nosican just saw... Thought he saw something.
0: Mm-hmm. The lead Lethian. The Lethian. The Nosicans <laughs> yeah. are currently working on the warhead. Yeah.
1: Nosicans are our heavy. Lethians are lead. Perfect. Alliterative. Uh, but he thinks he saw something. Let him be right. Over there. And we can maybe spend momentum create an advantage of some kind. You could do that. Let's do that! All right
0: bring us down to four um let's see
1: call this advantage over there Mm -hmm.
0: just thinking quickly beams one of the many batteries that he was ordered to deliver to the transporter room that hasn't been beamed down to the medical facility yet beams a battery roughly six feet off the ground about 50 feet away on the other side of one of the hills so that a, a something very bright and shiny just beams into existence and falls and he stops and looks. As you hear this, <sniffs> off in the distance, this very Wait. subtle.
2: Immediately, the when I my eye spots the thing fifty feet away, very clearly and easily, I take the hint. I move as close as I can get, as quickly as I can get, without getting you know just just a, a slightly better than like long distance range for this, mm-hmm. and then pull and aim at the device. I'm not okay. aiming at him. I want to shoot the device off his hip.
0: Okay, so <laughs> so this is going to be a momentum spend. Yeah, you, you're um, being given the shot because you were created, an advantage was created, so you've got a yes. shot to take this thing out.
2: Yes, you're um,
0: going to have to spend two momentum to to actually call the shot, basically.
2: To call the shot.
0: Yeah. So, in other words, think of this as like you know, in, like if you're trying to make a called shot on a small device. Uh huh instead of throwing a heavy difficulty at you he's not moving right now so i'm going to rationalize that it's a small target um i'm just going to ask you to roll your daring plus security
2: okay can i um i'm going to use my program cache talent to give myself um sharpshooter access
0: okay uh okay which what specifically does that let you do
2: I don't know I'm like that's my like i get to have essentially an extra focus I oh think. oh okay that's okay. my like cash for the scene i get a, ta- a like a specialized
0: talent oh sorry this is actually control because it's a range attack so royal roll control security okay um, and spend two more of those the momentum out of the pool of that that six that yesterday massive pool that you guys just rolled so this okay. is floating momentum still. It's okay. Not and right
2: and is there a difficulty?
0: Uh, yeah. The difficulty is one. It's just oh. uh, you're ambushing him.
2: Okay. Um.
0: And you've got a specialization in sharpshooting.
2: Yes, and uh, gonna spend my value.
0: <laughs> okay, that'll give you the reroll.
2: <laughs> um. Well, no. For.
0: Oh, you're. Oh, you haven't rolled yet. Okay, go ahead. i yeah, you. Yet. You have
2: I'm gonna spend. Uh, trust your expertise. Okay. And uh, and I'm gonna get us some momentum back, and hopefully not roll a complication.
0: All right. Uh.
2: So that is a total of four successes.
0: So a red oh, beam of energy. Back. A red beam of energy, from out of nowhere. <laughs> Strikes this Lethian on the belt where he was carrying this device. And it sparks and pops, causing him to jump and shout something in his native tongue that we've probably shouted many a time before when we step on something sharp. Um, it causes one of the Nausicans to leap up from what he was doing. The Lethian whirls around. At about the same time this happens, Captain, the interference on sensors and the transporter immediately vanishes on the main view screen as he shouts the next course of action i'm going to spend three points of threat the next thing that happens is his shout is heard on the comms that he is directly in contact with over at the negotiation table and the moment you you guys can't hear it but you see the guy's eyes widen And the two Orions look at each other, and immediately, Olin, you know something is very, very wrong. And then you feel to your left, you feel Prawl spike. Because even though he doesn't have empathy, Prawl is a seasoned combatant and knows when someone's about to pull a gun at the OK Corral. and his finger goes down to the phaser rifle. He spares a quick nudge in your direction from the up, other side of those goggles and looks at you, uh, Lacat. And back at your location, the Lethian whirls around, completely vulnerable at this point. And you see one of the Nosikans. To make this continue i will spend two more for a total of five points of threat to activate for the scene as all of this shit starts happening the Nosakan, without even thinking reacting to the sudden emergence of a floating phaser that just shot his boss leaps up from where he was squatting and forgets to let go of what he was holding in the warhead casing and there's a spark Nothing happens. But you see him look down. And that is where we're going to pause for our break. (laughs) And that deep breath before shit drops. We are going to pause right there. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in 10 minutes. Welcome back, everybody. We are currently in a bit of a pickle. (laughs) We're going to go jump right back into where we left off. It's in that moment of, like, that intake of breath, that sharp moment before the plunge, where everything has happened, but nothing has happened yet. And everything is about to. You see the Noskin is standing there, Exio, holding that device. You assume it's a warhead. You're not sure what it is that he pulled out of the torpedo. caused sparks to fly from the top of the torpedo and the Noskin is looking at you in your direction wide-eyed what they are seeing is basically a warped distortion of light holding a small type 2 phaser (laughs) and um and smoke wafting up from the belt of the lethean lieutenant who is horrified and looking right at you in confusion meanwhile back at the negotiation site there's a reaction because people are hearing screams, but no one knows what's happening, but you can see people reacting to what they're hearing on the comms. Players start with initiative in Star Trek Adventures, so Exio, your ambush round is now complete. It's the top of round. Technically, we are now in combat. Yeah. How would we like to proceed?
2: Uh, Do I get a talking action and a moving action? Yeah. Okay. Um... First, uh, g- 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 mm. uh, a, a captain's watching. So I guess just like open comms now that I've been spotted and um, given the official, um, all clear captain, whichever you want to take. And then, um, cause I'm still like, how, how many, feet away or meters would you say that I because I was still at long distance um, well
0: no, you, moved, you moved a little bit closer to get that shot off uh, I did but, you,
2: yeah. but still had me roll at a long distance range
0: I had you spend two points of momentum to compensate for the fact you were making a called shot on a small mm-hmm. object on his belt right um, I would say you're about 15 feet away
2: okay 15 feet
0: Yeah, so half the distance you were at the start of this. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, I mean, at this point, all I want to do is redisguise where I am um, to at least make it a little more difficult to get a precise shot on me. Yeah. So um, immediately reholster with my arm behind my back so it's still on the weapon, and then like zigzag bolt to the left.
0: Okay, so you're basically gonna use this as a way of dodging. Yeah, I'm okay.
2: pre-dodging.
0: In con- that I'm case, I'm gonna have out. you roll, in that case, I'm gonna have you roll fitness and security. Oh at boy. Of, at a difficulty of one, it's gonna be contested against the Lethian.
2: This is my worst roll.
4: We have so much. I'm gonna spend a momentum. momentum. We do, we have plenty because we used all the floating ones earlier.
2: Yep, and I just got us back uh, three, so. So what
0: you rolled?
3: Four
2: successes.
0: Okay, I rolled a twenty and a fourteen, so. Woo! So the Lethian whirls on you. Uh, go ahead and mark down that moment. And the wh- the, the Lethian lur- whirls in your direction, and immediately spots, and then immediately loses sight of you as you bolt. You're just too hard to understand what he's looking at. This yes! distortion kind of like zigzags into the desert. You manage to put the phaser in front of you, so he loses sight of that, <laughs> and starts screaming. In his tongue. Then let the universal translator going off, but he's basically yelling at the Gnosticans to kill you. And the Nausicans have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> they have no idea what's going on. Um, so that's your action. On the other side of the field, um, actually it's yeah, it's their turn. So I think what we're going to do because they're going to react to what just happened. So instead of switching of the scene, he the, the Lethian is just going to make a a Hail Mary shot in your direction. Great. Right. With his disruptor pistol.
2: Am I rolling against it?
0: Uh you you or are does that, uh,
2: Or does that just lower their or raise their difficulty the roll I just had?
0: I think the way I want to handle this is I'm going to raise the base. So the baseline difficulty for a contested roll is always one. I'm going to raise the baseline to three for him. So, um... So he has to at least score three successes to have a chance at hitting you. And that's going to be subtracted from by the number of successes you rolled. So... um, How many successes did you roll total? Four. Okay. Uh, I'll, no, I'm not even bothered. He's just gonna he's gonna see if I, if I can roll two critical hits against you, but I don't. <laughs> okay, so a disruptor bolt goes sailing off into the deserts <laughs> Trizzy just screams and shoots off in the direction. Didn't even come close to you. Um, meanwhile, back at the negotiation site. Olin, you are currently staring down this guy who is reacting like he's heard something. You can feel that something is very, very wrong. You can sense that hair trigger mentality that Prawl is currently on. You are getting the sense that we are seconds away from a draw. People are going to pull weapons in a second. You don't know what's changed, but something has happened. All right. Okay. You, have, you have about an action to, to do something here.
6: I need everyone to take a breath before things get out of hand. We need to remember why we are here. We need to remember what the priority is. You get what you want we get what we want. No one dies. Right now, everyone can still walk away from this.
0: Make a presence command roll.
6: I'd like to use my talent of Diffuse the Tension to buy an extra die, please.
0: Holy shit, if there was ever a more appropriate time to use anything called Diffuse the Tension, I'm <laughs> this going would do be it. A... All right, I'm going to roll for him.
6: I mean especially when the description is literally whenever you attempt a task to persuade someone not to resort to violence you may add a bonus d20 to your dice pool so okay um aye aye aye. okay and then of course you know i'm using my diplomacy focus my negotiations focus all that good stuff i've already burned a value so i can't do it again okay that is four successes
0: okay nobody pulls weapons uh, you beat him by three <laughs> so um you get the sense in that heart in that 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 breath of a moment he doesn't want this either the swagger. The cool under fire it's all real but he does not want to pull weapons <laughs> he does not want it to come to this either and so you're basically <clears throat> again for those of you who have seen tombstone it's that moment in okay corral when everyone puts their hands on the gun and the guy says whoa, whoa nobody wants that nobody wants that you manage to stop in that beat of a moment nobody pulls their weapon uh and he freezes. Prawl is sitting there, not pulling a Doc Holiday and winking at him to provoke him. And instead, he's just kind of calmly looking, glancing over. See, the thing about Prawl is, y'all can read his body language, but no one can see what he's looking at underneath those thick glass, those goggles that are protecting him. And he kind of angles his head. But, LaCat, you know he's looking in your direction to check to see if you've got what you need to get. Like, if, if, if. If phaser bolts have to fly, if you're ready for it, so he kind of glances in your direction. His rifle is leveled now, but it's not pointed at anybody. Um, he's got it off to his side, and his finger is noticeably not on the trigger, so it's backing up Olin, who has just talked everyone down. Um,
3: like, cat doesn't move, okay? Just she sees Prawl retreating, but she keeps. She stays where she is.
0: Okay, it's their action. I am going to spend four threat. (laughs) Okay. You're not sure... In hindsight, looking back on this day, you can only suppose that... Knighton chose to do this because maybe he thought the other torpedo was compromised. You're not entirely sure what motivated him. Maybe it was a moment of panic. But Olin, just as you disarm everybody and keep these guys from using their round to open fire on you all, you hear the telltale signs of an energy signature humming. And everybody, including the guys in front of y'all that are holding the kid, Look down in shock as the torpedo <laughs> begins to beam off the planet. Now, in those precious few seconds, as nighten is clearly trying to beam that torpedo up, two things occur to everybody there. One, this is an act of desperation. And two, there's a 50-50 chance that torp is going to explode now. And in mid-transport, sure enough,
6: Yeah, Olin, as soon as that happens, immediately launches himself at the child.
0: You throw yourself... In order
6: to protect them.
0: As you throw yourself at the kid, the last thing you hear before your ears are filled with a roar of a noise that just leaves you ringing is the sound of Prawl shouting at you. There's a purplish bright light and then a roar. On the sensor screen on the... on the bridge, Captain you see a small flicker of light and a miniature detonation taking place at the first location. The torp explodes in mid-transport. You, from your location, Exio, can hear in the distance the (laughs) And almost as if before the questions come flooding into your mind, Captain, you see that Detonating in mid transport only caused a micro detonation of the torpedo as it was entering into the energy stream. <clears throat> However, everyone in the vicinity of this torpedo is about to take some damage. So,
4: everyone get to at- sick bay.
6: Yeah, if my yeah. if my if my body shielding the child uh, gives that child any sort of advantage against that damage, it I does. will happily you,
0: you are essentially functioning as body armor for the child right now. Um everybody is going to take four points of stress damage from the explosion. Except Olin, who I have to roll individually for. Olin, you're going to take five, and that's an injury. Five points of stress. The pirates, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> are not major NPCs, <laughs> and I burned through most of my threat, so they immediately drop. They're in. They take five injury, and because they were standing closer to the torp, the kid, however, only takes one stress, because Olin just hurled themselves across that open space. So, Captain, you see the explosion on the screen. You hear Vren say something in Andorian, and then you see on the screen something rather unexpected. The torp is gone, and you can see the blast radius of where it took place. And it's it's like one of those moments where an explosion took place, but then it was atomized and transported somewhere. In the same instant, you hear Spencer go, I got him! I got him! And on the tactical display, there's a spike of energy in the asteroid field that gives away the location of night and ship immediately. Friends? And at that same Girl. moment, as it continues to happen, the ground where you all were at disappears from underneath you. You watch in the view screen as that detonation takes place and people scatter out in different directions from the concussive force. And then a sinkhole literally forms underneath them. And you watch a hole swallow everyone that was there at that location. They just vanish from sight as they just vanish into the sinkhole. You give Vren the order to go.
1: And we good on Claros. That was lucky. Uh, Yeah. Vren gets the order to go dugan gets the order to prepare to impress me uh two of our five remaining momentum go to um avoiding an injury for olin okay and uh order goes to sing to uh yoink three at uh, second sight
0: okay let me roll for sing real quick because it's now your action The dice love you guys and hate my uh, my enemies. I rolled a natural one and a thirteen. Seeing, uh, basically, it's an easy transport. Um, As you stiffen Exeo and the and you hear the popping sound of the explosion, I I fearlessly
2: turn my back to look back at the site and reveal where I am based on my gun, and then.
0: funny enough, they're not looking at you. The Lethian is looking down at his hands and you hear him say, Oh, no. And zzz, they beam off. You see the telltale signs of a Federation transporter is all three of them vanish before your eyes. And you hear Sing <sighs> say, They're in the brig, Captain. I've disarmed their weapons and they've been beamed into the armory.
1: Beautiful work. Diagnose and stabilize if you can, Exio. First sight,
2: report.
5: Nothing.
1: Keep me posted,
2: Captain. Keep me posted. And run to the stabilize the friggin' warhead.
0: Uh, Yeah, as you run up, it looks like the warhead is actually still inside the Torp. The moment you look over to it, Exio, you can see that it's still within the torpedo. It looks like he was just removing the outer casing to access the warhead. So the TORP is well, completely
2: like intact. intact. Right. Uh, what what do
1: I see at first sight? Before I like give any orders to Exio to either rendezvous at first sight or anything.
0: So what, what is- you're looking at at the first sight is a hole in the ground. Now that should still reveal something, but sensors cannot read anything beyond the threshold of the sinkhole they just fell in. Sensors are giving you nothing. In, in fact, on the view screen, it just looks like an abyssal black hole.
5: All right.
1: Uh, and, all right. First Sight team has vanished. I need you there yesterday.
2: Then let it be yesterday. Um, And I
0: guess I'm just running. Thinking sight I to think- sight, you.
2: Oh, I didn't. I anymore. thought he already did his turn.
0: Oh, we're not in combat anymore.
2: Oh, great! Then Everybody's sight pretty
0: sight much you. been neutralized. <laughs> so. I like you. my enemies.
2: Like I
1: like my gender. <laughs> great sight to sight.
0: All right, so is gonna make it made a it yesterday.
3: First.
0: Okay. <laughs> MVP is going. This is play of the game. <laughs> So many plays of the game so far. Uh, Singh is going to get the successes. Uh, can I spend a momentum for a reroll? Uh, you may. Okay.
1: What are we at? There
0: for? we go, and you gain a momentum back. Oh thank goodness! I'm trying to keep
1: it. a high float for you, Bonnie.
0: All right, you beam. That's actually where we're headed next. You beam to the site of the negotiation spot. And as you're in mid-run, xeo you just beam and beam into run. And as you run up to where this thing, it's astonishing what you're looking at. The sensors, what Captain Saul is seeing, can be seen by you, but not Saul. Your eyes see what looks like, it's stunning to look at, but it looks like a cave structure was right underneath the site of this torpedo and had been and had been weakened when this torpedo impacted here. But what's wild is, is the moment the rocks get down about six feet, they dramatically shift in both color and emanations of light, where you just see what looks like glowing strips of crystalline, like, uh, rock formations underneath where they were, kind of lighting the way down into what looks like a pit. You cannot see the bottom of it.
2: I don't see anyone?
0: You don't see anyone. It just goes straight down.
2: Holy butts! I guess I'm jumping in, aren't I? <laughs> you don't take fall right. damage. No. It's true. Yeah, I'm I'm going down.
0: You throw yourself into the hole.
2: Yeah, phaser, <laughs> hand on phaser though, still.
0: So the moment Exio crosses the threshold of the top of that hole, they vanish from sensors before they even start to drop. You just see them disappear.
5: Zzz.
0: And you lose contact with Xia. Okay,
5: we're
6: starting. Damn. On.
0: on the bridge, no one is looking right now. No one can see her. But at the very back of the bridge, Azmi Shanto has slowly risen from her seat and is staring at the view screen, horrified. McCrell?
2: I will say really quickly, you at least before I disappear, I assume you get the feet of the hole and then me jumping into it.
5: Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. Yes, yeah, I but... know
2: exactly what you've done. It doesn't mean I'm happy about any of it.
5: I know. But
2: <laughs> at least it wasn't like I got beamed and then disappeared. You got beamed, you saw, and then an action I did caused me to disappear. A that is true. Bit frightening.
0: That all shows up on, that all showed up on the view screen. You said, oh, good, Xeo's safe. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, this is most- going to have to get me
1: a whole new senior staff at this point.
4: What
5: the
0: yeah. hell? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still um, got
4: chicken MacKrell. And in sickbay, you can just be like, oh, all my crew is fine. Everything is great. I have nothing to worry about my crew. I just have to focus I... on these people.
0: Um. Okay. <laughs> Macrell, yes. Go ahead and make your roll.
4: Um, okay. How, uh, how much moment do we have? We have three. We three right uh, now, yep. We are now at two. So I'm gonna take one for a extra die. Yappa has knocked down everything. So to re-roll, that. hopefully that includes the difficulty. Ooh, okay. Okay. And then one more. Okay. So one, two, three, four, five successes. Cause there were two crits, a three and a five.
0: I totally realized I did this wrong. I need to roll for resistance. Oh. So you don't have to The so GM rolls for resistance to see how much, all right. So you got five successes. So
4: we get that momentum back or
0: back up three. Let me roll six. Su- let me roll for resistance here.
4: Uh,
0: you're going to succeed. Yes, I am. Get two successes through.
4: All right, so I need to roll seven of these. Seven little, dice. Yep. One, two, three, four, five, six.
0: That's a breakthrough.
4: Okay, so six successes. One of them is a, is an effect.
0: Okay, you got another no. breakthrough.
4: I'm just breaking all kinds of things. International Women's Day, glass ceiling, breaking it. Okay.
0: Uh, yeah, so just so you know, you've got five more attempts at this and currently uh-huh. you're at magnitude two.
4: Oh, I should have six more because i that's only my second roll.
0: Yeah, eight, so seven. Oh, sorry, yeah, six, that's correct. Okay. So you have six more attempts at this. Uh-huh. And it, this is my way of telling you, Bonnie, that you're doing spectacular.
4: Oh, okay, I thought you were warning me,
0: okay. No, you're at magnitude two right now. You're doing okay. fantastic. Okay. you're way ahead of the curve
4: look this is what I do I I, I doctor things and I hit things
0: that's all I'm good um, for Yin is you see the stress <sighs> is actually starting to fall away from him as he's watching what you're doing and he starts becoming more and more quiet and starts only answering your questions and posing new ones but at, in other words Yin has stepped back and is kind of watching the master work he speaks up when you question something, he poses ideas, but at this point he has stopped asserting himself as an equal in this endeavor and is instead stepping back and like, what do you need, Doctor? What do you need? And is like helping you take the point on this, because mm-hmm. he's seeing the progress you're making.
4: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I, just to be clear, yeah, my focus in botany has nothing to do with this. Right with the spores, is, is is botany helping at all?
0: Botany would botany would allow you to use a specialization.
4: Right, because my goal was to build an antitoxin of yeah. some kind,
0: mm-hmm. and if that it would was, basically, yeah,
4: yeah, and if it was some yeah. kind of like organic matter, like or See, that's a
0: specialty that will a focus that will come into play here for your roles.
4: Okay, sure, excellent. Do I just roll again? You just jump right uh,
0: in. No, we're going to pause okay. for one second because I just need to find out what Captain Sol is doing back up on the Ross.
1: Uh how close are we to engaging the <clears throat> person responsible for my crew disappearing into a hole? <laughs> Because I can't see them right now. I can't get to them right now.
0: So Vrin, but I can
1: put hurt on someone else.
0: Vryn has brought up a tactical profile based on what Spencer they have put up on screen. What you see is a Hideki class Corvette, which is a souped up civilian freighter, Cardassian civilian freighter named the Gaviz. G A V I Z Z. And it's making a run for it. It's a small ship, scale 2. And it's currently in the asteroid belt. And it's removing itself. Now, what is the engines rating on the USS Ross?
1: Oh, uh Our engines are 10.
0: 10. Okay. So Vren can make a roll here to get you guys over there as quickly as possible. Okay. All right. So I'm going to need the Ross to make an engines engineering check. Or I'm sorry, engines con check. Mm. And
6: That's random. all, friend. Okay,
0: what would the Ross get?
6: You may have a natural one from the Ross.
0: Awesome. Hell yeah. All right then. <sighs> uh okay. The Ross starts moving immediately in the direction of the asteroid as. Vren begins to accelerate the Ross to over half impulse. As this happens, the Gavis starts to rabbit. And the first thing that comes to mind, just so you know, like, as the technical readout comes up on screen, the the Gavis has engines of 11 and a con of 3. This is a fast little ship. And she starts hauling. You hear Vren say, I'll have him in a few seconds, Captain.
1: What range are we at right now, mechanical? You
0: are at uh, long range.
5: Uh,
1: let's see i don't think we have a must go faster huh. check uh, that i'm aware of
0: Mm-mm. no but you can spend power
1: what does that get us in this scenario
0: so typically spending power usually just adds dice to a pool What we could do is if you want to spend a point of power, we can just add that to we can just say for this instance of trying to catch up at at the speed that you want to get to him. If the Ross wants to spend a point of power, then I'll just give Vryn another die to roll and say the Ross kicks up to full impulse power to catch up with this guy. And that'll move you into medium range.
1: Medium range isn't good enough. Uh, You know what works optimally at long range, Eric?
0: What's that? Torpedoes?
1: I hate them so much. I would never fire them at another vessel. But those guys are in the middle of an asteroid field, and it sure would be hard to maneuver and sure would slow them down if there were suddenly a pile of asteroid rubble in front of them.
0: It's still going to give me threat. However.
1: Which is one of the reasons why I detest torpedoes so bloody much.
0: All right. But they seem
1: to like them
0: give the order so i think
1: we best ought to show
5: them <laughs> all
0: right the ross goes to red alert as weapon systems come online shields go up uh tactical dugan nods to you and says hi captain and i'm gonna switch to my red dice and uh do you want to spend any momentum on this
1: uh, we're going to have to because I, I, as much as I would love to take this shot, I will have faith in my crew. Even though I know that their
0: stats aren't. You that need to good. have faith in the heart, Captain Saul. It's been a long. Run. Uh,
1: Duke can redirect that torpedo. <laughs> <laughs> I have a new destination.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, uh, that's a hit. That is a direct hit. All right, so what's the damage rating on the Ross's torpedoes? You're firing at and this And is lim- the
6: Ross rolling anything?
0: Uh, the Ross is yeah, the Ross still needs uh, to roll.
1: Weapon security.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you.
1: Uh, our the- photon torpedoes are worth five because torpedoes are terrible.
0: But they have... Our phasers are eight.
1: What is even the point of... It's fine. It's fine. You know what? It's fine. They're flavorful. They make things... Ex-
0: Breaching is the Goes point of boom. torpedoes.
1: Oh, so we get an extra success from Ross. Thank you, Ambassador. Okay. Man.
0: So Ambassador Ross the is rolling torpedoes? nicely
1: today. No what? intel tech.
0: <laughs> what's the damage so on those torpedoes? Five. Yeah. Breaching is the point of torpedoes. They cause things inside a ship to explode. It's all about smashing through. Hoo, hoo, hoo. What are the effects on the torpedo?
1: Um,
0: high, I think it's high yield, correct? Yes. Okay. All right. Um, a single photon torpedo ex- launches from the Rosses for Torpedo Bay. The first time you guys have ever fired torpedoes, if I remember correctly. But photon torpedo launches. Immediately you see this red spark launch from the Ross and sail off into the asteroid field. And a second later, an asteroid... Impacts with the kinetic force of this antimatter warhead and explodes into a hailstorm a hail of deadly rocks that spread all across the field of this uh, ship's flight path. Um, and on his action, he's going to have to try to maneuver out of that. <laughs> and that's going to, I'm going to go ahead and set the difficulty of that at uh, four. And I'm going to spin that lovely threat that I got just now to add an extra dive to the roll. And...
1: Uh, how much momentum did Dugan get us? I know we were uh, up to four uh, based on uh, successes one. I saw right. from Ross.
0: He got, he got you one. Uh, Wait, how many successes Ross roll again?
1: Uh, One four roll. Nine. One success. Oh, Ross. then you
0: got two. Two. Two momentum.
1: Uh, that brings us all the way back up then.
0: Okay, cool. Uh, um. Okay. I'm gonna roll. <laughs> okay, you. <laughs> so his shields take a, a, the brunt of that damage. His shields drop down to two points left in his shields. They have a shields of five. It's a small ship, <laughs> but he's still going.
1: Undeterred in
0: speed. Yeah, he basically charged through and basically let his shields eat the damage of the rocks that are smashing into the side of his ship. Weakening the shield significantly. Yep. Um, Let's cut to, while this is happening above the sky, the impact of Exio hitting the bottom of this hole. What's amazing to you, Exio, is when you hit the bottom of the hole, it feels like you just hopped off of a stool. And I don't mean that in the sense that you are immune to falling damage. I mean gravity floats you to the bottom as soon as you get closer. And you touch down the same way somebody might if they had jumped off of a high high diving board onto the moon. You see rubble all around you and bodies of people underneath some of the rubble. Um, immediately, you see Prawl is standing there with blood coming out of the side of his mouth, and he's picking up rocks with ease that are twice his size. He's just kind of shoving them aside. Macat, um, you see Prawl, this ambient purplish glow on the side of his face, pulling you out of the rubble. Uh, everybody is alive and starting to move. Except for, of course... My villains because they don't have the ability to shrug off the injury. So they are quite unconscious right now. But the crew...
6: I do have a question. Yeah. Because this is the first time I've taken an injury in this game ever, ever. Uh I don't know what what it means when we negate the injury.
0: So what that means is you're still injured, Mm
6: -hmm. but
0: you are still in this. It means you can still get up, you can still move around and take actions, but you are injured. If you took a second injury, you'd be in deep shit.
2: Well, I'd be dead. We paid to ignore the injury.
0: You did but the injury still counts so then we you can ignore the
5: <laughs>
2: you're,
0: you're ignoring the effects of an injury. It lets you keep I going
5: I believe
1: that's for the determination spend the shrug off.
0: Let's double it's check
1: a, It's different from the momentum spend which can be done a limited number of times. In both cases you still take the stress damage
0: I think you're right let's double check it's been a while since we've had an injury on it's been here a while. it has indeed let's see that's oh here we go um which is fine by me my
1: crew could just <laughs> never get injured and that would be lovely
0: twice security rating. i know
1: it wouldn't give you anything to Damage. do
5: mccrell
3: don't go <laughs> cure things yeah, <laughs> you're doing <turn>, really well.
5: <laughs> okay.
0: Uh, give me one second. Let me look this up because I'm looking at the cheat sheets that I've got right here, and they're not telling me anything. Thanks. Sorry. <laughs> been, sorry it, about
6: that. No, no, no. Oh, it's I'm, cool. I'm, I'm genuinely curious because, from a role based per- perspective as well, I, I just kind of want to know where Olin's. Yeah.
0: At. No, it's good. It's been so long. Uh, in in playing in playing Star Trek adventures, it has been so long since we have actually had an injury. So it's great that we get to check this again. It's super important. plus um, it helps us as a group remember next time. There it is 104. okay. Uh, Standby, everybody. Haven't had to go to the rule book like this for a while. There it is combat action order.
1: Avoiding an injury prevents the injury from happening. The character suffers no effects from being injured and may continue to act as normal, but it does remove uh, does not remove any other effects from the attack. Stress is still lost. A uh, player or character may have been knocked prone, etc. Uh, it costs two momentum. We did that. Um. However, a character may only avoid an injury once per scene under normal circumstances, regardless of how the character pays the price, that is to say, either with momentum or with threat. Uh, Characters may obtain the ability to avoid an injury additional times uh, during a scene by succeeding at a recover task, which as I recall is, uh, uh, no, actually, I don't recall. Uh, That would be elsewhere. Uh, Successful attack. Task allows the character to gain one additional chance to avoid an injury for that scene. Uh, You can't use that to stockpile extra chances. uh, If you already have a chance to avoid injury, Um, you can't gain an extra chance to use
6: later, Uh, and an unused chance left over at the end of a scene is lost. Right. So I I still took the five stress. I'm just not mm -hmm. acting as though I were injured.
0: You've been banged up. No effect for me. Yeah but you are still operating <clears throat> in order uh so you don't yeah you're not going to suffer the effects of the injury cool um but again if you hit so basically what happens is if you hit zero in the stress everything you take after that's an injury automatically and uh
6: and we didn't take any damage from the fall correct
0: uh no i i did went ahead and just incorporated that into the explosion effect cool plus, plus there's also the fact that even though the it. rubble is, what's that
3: it's a plus, you
0: floated apparently. Yeah, apparently you had a soft <laughs> touchdown. Um, yeah,
3: Jane, Jane wants as, to know: if our environment suits are also okay? Are they all in? Uh,
0: environment suits seem to be okay. Oh,
3: okay. Fine. Yeah.
0: Those are resilient. They're they're designed to withstand impact, and you guys again had a soft landing. Despite uh, everything.
2: Hey. Okay. when I've arrived on the scene and I've floated down and everyone seems to be moving about um, at least sort of regaining and and standing back up correct?
6: Yeah. I would actually say that Olin has is not yet started to make the move to stand up like they're still wrapped around this kid like a little bit scared to move kind of a deal Olin
0: your ears are ringing and your your muscles are shaking uh the back part of your uh your enviro suit is scorched from the millisecond that you were exposed to an explosion that was beamed off of world um damn okay so uh
2: one click A quick clarification on the dead space that is currently our location, the Mm -hmm. the blackout. Was that always present or did that happen when the explosion happened?
0: You want to know if the sudden cutoff from everything has something to do with the torpedo or where you are? Yes. Like, was was
2: that a blackout zone beforehand?
0: It was not a blackout zone beforehand.
2: It's not a blackout zone. Okay, so this is—I I, the, there was
0: interference, but that had everything to do with the with the arms dealers. The
2: arms dealers. Yeah. Yeah. The blackout is—I'm going to, as the officer ascertain that it is a environmental cause based on what the hell this cave is.
0: And by the way, the environment is behaving goofy.
2: Yeah. Um.
0: When you look up. You can actually see the top of where you fell. It's like a pinprick of light. You can only guess, estimating XEO. You all may have plummeted somewhere around two to three thousand feet below the surface. Holy sh- um, that All must of have felt the, like all Amazon Amazon organic Amazon. that is every, every organic that's laying at your feet right now should be you know, part of the environment at this point everyone would have been pulverized and unrecognizable from the rock fall and the impact of that fall that was a small skydiving incident
2: based <laughs> on my yet- memory at what point in my fall because i can simulate my own bodily gravity of like at what distance i'm falling with my ring mm-hmm. at what at what um sort of height did i start to notice the gravitational shift
0: Seconds before you touched down, but then also what's starting to occur to you, Exio, is the time it took you to reach the bottom does not match with how far you believe you have fallen.
5: Yeah,
2: it was much shorter, right? Yeah. Or longer.
0: It, it By your estimations, it, it you know, considering that the gravity of this world is consistent with Earth's standard gravity. Yeah. And terminal velocity and all the lovely physics that come into play here. At the time it took you to jump into that hole and hit the bottom, you estimate you guys should have fallen about sixty feet, seventy feet.
3: Huh. Huh. So. Tri- What's that? Try quarter scanned. I have not. <laughs>
2: yeah, <I can't>. look at. <laughs> uh...
3: Yeah. Yeah, like I would love to. Um if it like it's I think that she wants to make sure that everyone's like once she sees that like everyone is just a little dinged up, I think that's when the tricorder comes out and it's like, What is I'm here? Uh, um I yeah. At least at least with man, she just wants to do a general scan first and see what that brings up.
0: Um It starts occurring to Exio at about the same time you're seeing it, LaCat. Prawl has moved over to Ambassador Olin because Ambassador Olin is the VIP. Yes. And is immediately checking up on them. So two things, LaCat. As you open up your tricorder and looking around, the first thing you see is the tricorder is going every which way. Sensors look like they are struggling to scan what's around you. You can still make a roll, however. You still have the opportunity um, to make a check.
3: I would love to make a check. Um, she's she's talking directly to Exia right now, and is like, Commander, I don't know how much use the tricorder is going to be, but let's see. Um, and yeah, I'd love to roll. Just a reason, science?
0: Yep, reason, science. The difficulty of this Great. is five.
2: I instinctually look down at my ring as the tricorder starts making sounds. Is this affecting me at all?
0: No, it doesn't seem to be. Great. Um, and the difficulty five is not reduced by the tricorder as it is currently on the Fritz. And to balance that out, I'll spend a point of threat.
5: <laughs>
2: I
0: will. Uh, determination or whatever you want to I do. Will you
2: I will assist you as well with um, one of my talents if I can. Um, can I. Uh, um... um Sort of give an order of like, you know, figure out where we are while um, uh, while we assess and uh, get the civilians to safety Yeah. Uh, by using my advisor talent okay. so and re-roll if something goes
0: horribly wrong right now, La cat And if you want to spend oh, a determination on cat you can for this.
3: Oh, um, let me think, uh, well, can I, well, first, can I spend momentum, um, to grab an extra dice, uh, just letting everyone know that, do any of my focuses count here, anywhere between survival, sensors, astrophysics,
0: maybe? Sensors. Sensors, definitely. Okay, great. Sensors. all information gathering. Amazing. So you don't know what the hell is going on.
3: Okay, perfect. Um. Okay, so I'm taking three dice. Uh family is all by any chance? Probably not. Um no, I don't think any of my values work here right now. Okay, so I'm rolling these three dice. <sighs> this, this is good friends. One, two, three, four. Four successes from me, friends.
0: Alright, Exio, what'd you get? Exio. It's a presence What command. am I rolling? Presence, presence man.
2: Okay. Um, can my command uh, focus come into this?
0: Uh, considering this is an emergency situation, I would say yeah.
2: Then two successes from Exio.
0: Okay. So that would give you momentum. You guys gaining momentum. Um, <sighs> Lacat, the tricorder yeah. is going. The tricorder is struggling to actually get the information input. And instead of fighting it, you look for those spikes where the power levels are normalized before they drop and dip again and spike again. And you use those moments to try to start piecing together data. And so you're only getting fractions of what's going on around you. But as you've given this order, Xeo, your eyes drift, you know, looking up at the where you guys fell from. hmm And Lakat, you too, Looking around, just following where the tricorder is pointing, you, you and Exio find your eyes drifting up towards the ceiling, where you see a sight that defies true artistic expression. It, for the lack of a better way of saying it, above your heads, growing upon what looks like a glowing rock space ceiling, is a rainforest. You see what appears to be trees of ancient origin glowing with this ambient blue bark growing from the ceiling. The branches and the vines that hang from them are hanging in the opposite direction of which y'all are standing, giving you this disorientation effect of making it feel like you guys are standing. You are the upside down man in the pond right now. Above you, all across the rock face, all around you, is this essentially this glowing ambient botanical garden of what looks like ancient life that is spreading all throughout with these thick roots that grab into the ceiling itself and stretch across some of these trees, according to the tricorder look like they have grown from the rock. Like the silicates in the rock themselves have been confirmed contorting and conforming and then eventually transforming into organic material that now becomes this sort of breathing living creature so you're literally looking at crystal-like rock that has formed into an arboreal forest that is above your heads if you squint and imagine it just the pinpoints of light from the blue bioluminescence coming off the leaves it might look like a beautiful starry sky Scattered across the entire ceiling of this great cavern, of which is hundreds and hundreds of feet above your head, possibly about six to eight hundred feet up. Um how um oh. that's not all the information you get. Yeah,
3: that's amazing. <laughs>
0: the, you you two pieces of information that come back to you that cause the breath to catch mm-hmm. in your throat, like cat is one these plants seem to be the same, made of the same exact genetic material as the spores on top of the surface. Suggesting from the data that this is what these spores perhaps grow into. But what's startling to you is you are seeing species of plant life here that are exact duplicates The same species of plant life you found on a planet in the Shackleton Expanse when you guys were chasing down the Crystalline Entity. That one world that was a paradise that was supposed to be a refuge of where some of these plant life that had once gone extinct from the galaxy eons ago. You find them here above your head right now growing in a native environment. Uncared for, untended upside down in a bizarre environment where the gravity is not acting as normal. It makes no sense. (laughs) You guys are staring at a puzzle and it's kind of awe-inspiring. That's a good look. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
2: there's a, there is a genuine hesitation from both of us. Yeah. And then I'll look down at Lieutenant Lecat and say, we can come back when the crisis is over. Hold it in. (laughs) Like, hold in that curiosity. There are still active threats on the floor. Yes, Commander. And a child. And Olin? that's when I say eyes on uh, the administrator and the child. I just shout right? to the cavern.
0: Um, um. Olin, just as you say that, you see Prawl has reached Olin. And Olin, you feel a hand gently touch your shoulder. <sighs> he squats that- down next to you, and Prawl looks at you and says, Can you feel your toes? Yes. That's a good first sign. You feel movement underneath you as the kid angles his head to look up. And you just hear him weakly say in a terrified voice, what
6: happened? I'm not sure. I think we fell. Can you feel your toes?
0: Yeah. The ambassador saved your ass kid that's what happened come on try to stand up if you can of course um the kid does not let you go olin, <laughs> olin does not to, let the kid go he continues to clutch you and Prawl just helps you both up as a unit and y'all you find yourself standing on a pile of rock at the bottom of this drop you're not sure where the light's coming from, but it's not overhead. It's kind of all around you.
6: Where's the administrator? Uh, the ambassador? Oh, the administrator. Oh, yeah, his father was also with us.
0: Yeah, here's not an immediate sign of him. He was, the administrator was doing his part in keeping quiet that entire time. Quiet as a mouse, so much so that people kind of forgot about him. No, uh, no. <laughs> well, okay, let me put it this way. He was not at the forefront of that negotiation. No. Um, But uh, Prawl starts digging through some of the rock. I'm going to make a roll.
3: Yeah, I think Jane would like to have the roll. I mean, Uh, I have
0: uh,
4: my...
0: He's coughing as he starts pulling rock off of him. Um, But as he sits up, I'm going to spend that last two threat that I have.
6: But why?
0: And as the administrator sits up, he goes... What happened? And all of you see that breather on his face has shattered and cracked. He doesn't seem to know it, but he looks around and he goes, is everyone okay?
2: Um.
4: Oh my God.
6: I think Olin just sort of gently shifts the kid's focus away from that as best they can
5: yeah uh, like um, kind
6: of starting to talk to them about like kind of doing a quick like bodily checkup like verbal checkup' well, like all right we've got your toes how do your fingers feel well, uh,
0: he has a, he has a reaction the moment he hears his father's voice
6: right i know
0: you see him go dad and he struggles with those squirms to to get a look at his father and as he turns and sees his dad he kind of like must unless you want to try to restrain him
6: no, if he's that, no, if he's trying okay. to find, uh, locate his dad, I'm going to let him do
0: that. He, he rushes over to his father immediately. Kind of stumbles a little bit on the rocks, but immediately rushes into his father's arms. And his father hugs him, and you see recognition in his eyes. He goes, Oh, thank the gods. Thank the gods. Thank the gods. And then his father, as he's rocking back and forth in the corner of his eye, like when you, you know, when you get a, hair on your face and you're trying to find out where it is so you can pull it off
5: mm-hmm.
0: he spots in the corner of his eye half of his face mask is dangling off the side of his head and he looks at it and his eyes glance up to all of you and he doesn't stop just saying thank the gods he doesn't react at all you don't sense any fear from him at all ambassador you just feel relief and gratitude as he's holding his son rocking back and forth Prawl is looking up at the ceiling, just going, <sighs> all right, this is the first for a hostage negotiation.
2: what well, because Prawl is uh, currently occupied, um, makes um, eye contact with the other um, security officers um, and orders them to secure the, host- or the um, threats. Yeah, they are dragging the out.
0: other guys out of the rubble. And about that point, you hear Prawl going, this is Commander Prawl to the USS Ross. Ross, come in.
2: It's a dead zone, Prawl. Well, I lost comms cool. and cam as soon as I jumped in this hole. It's completely black on sensors on the Ross. It's got to be the environment.
0: Well, cat, you got that thing working, so maybe we can find a way to get the communicators working again.
3: Yeah. Um Lecat's considering like sh- like that mask is just like gone. There's no salvaging it from the looks I mean, of it, I mean, you right? could probably
0: there might be some repairing to the mask, but the damage is done.
3: Okay. It's um I think <sighs> it has been exposed. great. Okay. Um sure.
2: if, if you if you start to sort of like make mention of the
3: mask. Yeah.
2: Exio is going to step in front front of you.
3: I think she's not going to make mention of it, but she's like going to beeline for it. And I think that you can read her enough that you know she's going for the mask.
2: Um, She's just going to to step in in front of you and say, we need to get out of this hole so that we can get back to Dr. McCrell and make sure her research is going well.
3: Um, Um, She, she gets what you're saying. my main objective yeah. is not freaking the kid out
2: as long as the kid hasn't yeah. figured it out yet
3: yeah um i think jane gets that reading perfectly off of you so you see her eyes go to the kid she goes her eyes come back to you and then she's like okay communicators
0: let's working olin um real quick as before we make a roll to try to do something with the communicators um olin the administrator comes over to you and extends his hand to you.
6: Olin extends their hand in return.
0: He clasps your hand in both of his. As you see the tears in his eyes welling up. And he says, from the moment we met. And he doesn't find the words. And he just says, is all I have left and you have saved him. Thank you. Of
6: course. I would have done no less.
0: From the other side of the environmental shield of his helmet, you can just see Prawl give you a small smile as he checks the battery pack, uh, the, the, the power pack on the phaser, and just goes, well, I'm not too good at jury rigging things. I'm no chief tech, but I've got some power to the phaser still, so if we need to use it. Anybody still remember their academy training? He just looks around. Yes. Good. Because I'm going to need help with this. Uh, if you want to get those communicators working, um, he pulls his off and says, use mine. See if you can get it working. He hands it to you, LaCat. He says, I'll help where I can.
3: All right um uh commander she's talking to axio um yes i didn't do very well in my comms class at the academy so i will need all the help i can on this um Um,
2: okay so she's gonna
3: look gonna take the here i i think that she because she was able to get her tricorder working right um Mm -hmm. and she had moments of clarity with the tricorder she'd love to try and use that data of like uh like those peak moments and see if there's any like way she can like core, use use those peak moments like tricorder to like
0: i guess like yeah, use um, the okay i tell you what i really yeah. dig i really dig that you're taking narrative that i gave you and trying to macgyver this so yeah (laughs) um, i'll say this this would be a create advantage spend on momentum but i'm only going to charge you one as opposed to two
3: okay yay awesome
0: burn one one momentum and you can start work um, on this it's not going to be right away great um and you can probably get a signal out
2: we have two engineers still uh, on site, correct? They were to the you black.
0: They're currently guarding the. They're oh,
3: the,
0: with the security team right now. Oh, but they'll assist. So keep in mind, know, we love you, Oxcrew, but as y'all are main cast members, your stats are going to be the, yeah. the Buku stats. But I just Buku wasn't
2: sure because I don't actually have a very high <laughs> engineering to, uh, uh, stat. So an, uh, an NPC might What's actually have that? higher
0: what, what do you get? Let's, let's pull from our ox crew list. Thank you, ox crew, for supporting us on Patreon. So let's pull from our ox crew list and find out who is here helping us at the bottom of this hole. In This desperate event that is going to be, I
3: engineering, so literally anything is better. <laughs> oh, you only have one engineering. I only have a one in engineering, so literally any help is better than my help. <laughs> Two
6: engineering. I ha- how do I have a better engineering score than you?
3: She's science. Science. <laughs> I put everything into science. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's pretty much how it's done. <laughs> they blinded me with. Sam,
3: me. Sam DeLev love has taught me the importance of min-maxing the character. <laughs> So here we are at the bottom of a hole.
0: Okay. We have
3: to not have paid attention to
1: some class at the academy. Everyone has one.
0: So well, tap half for this the reason mission. I went
1: into intelligence is because I can't fly.
0: You have Zayla Akarin, who is an ensign and a trill. She, her, and Sam Decker, a lieutenant human uh, who specializes in computers.
3: Well, there you go. First things pronouns?
0: Uh, he, him, and she, her. So awesome. Sam Decker's he, him. And yeah.
2: Ensign Decker and Ensign.
0: Uh, that's Lieutenant Decker and Ensign Akarin.
2: Ensign Akarin and Lieutenant Decker.
0: Or Ensign I guess I should say, because it's a trill. I don't know if it's a joined trill. I don't know if they're joined, but I can check real quick. Uh, let me just find out. I love you, Ox crew. They all come up with the coolest freaking characters. Does it? I can't see that they're joined or not, but I guess it's not important. We can just call them uh, Ensign Akarin. Yeah.
2: Ensign Akarin, Lieutenant Decker. Are you well enough to work?
0: There's. They look at each other and Decker just says, Yes, ma'am.
2: Lieutenant LaCat could use some aid. Trying to get a signal out.
0: We'll get that up and going. Akari looks at you and says, We'll get it up and going, sir. Thank you. The two ox crews surround LaCat. Everyone kind of starts immediately going to work. Uh, Meanwhile... Two more things have got to happen. I need Bonnie to make another roll. As you are sweating and busting your ass in this laboratory, uh, this will be attention yes. number three.
4: Everything is fine with my crew. Is Everyone is wonderful. Right. You have five moments having. Huh, five momentum. Lovely. I'm taking one. Down to four. Um, okay. Reason science. Or reason that. medicine. Hmm.
0: That. Steven Yin is being a great help to you.
4: Okay, that's one, two, so three need. successes.
0: Three successes is what you needed. You just hit the threshold. <sighs> now All I right. have to roll resistance. If I roll a single success, you're not gonna score on this one. Uh, I rolled one success. No! So you resisted by one. So mm. this round, you guys hit a a roadblock. The good news is, though, you're still ahead of the curve. Yeah. You're still ahead of schedule because you've been kicking so much ass. But you guys basically, uh, about 20 minutes later, you hear Dr. Yoon go, wait. Wait. Yes. We missed a protein. We missed a protein. He comes over to you and shows you a data pad and you look at it. It was, It was the exhaustion is setting in and mm-hmm. you see the, there's just a little just like a, a decimal point of data that you missed when you were synthesizing this next round of experimental tree and it's and just as you pull up the vial you see that it's a null vial like this this round of trying to synthesize is a complete bust you have to go basically step backwards and start fresh and he just he when he delivers that information to you he goes it's okay doctor we're, we've still got time you're doing yes amazing work
4: This antitoxin is a curiosity, and they always say that curiosity kills the cat, but satisfaction brings it back, and I will not be satisfied until everyone in here is treated again. And then I'm just going to grab the new data pad and start over.
0: Dr. Yin waits until you are turned around before he just starts flexing his hand a little bit and going back. Oh, I know. I know. (laughs) Meanwhile, above the skies of this alien world the USS Ross is currently traveling just below full impulse towards an asteroid belt as a small scale 3 scale 2 ship uh, is currently making a run for it uh, the first thing as you get this this ship individuals captain you see a glow suddenly start to surround the hull of the ship and Vryn immediately says what the hell is that
1: That was your job to know. You're the one with all the ship knowledge.
0: Uh, Uh,
1: Can I make a roll on it, though? Yeah. Uh, I have an experimental technology.
0: Oh, okay. Yes. Cool. Difficulty of this, I will set it at two.
1: Two. All right. Uh, Reason engineering, one assumes?
0: Yes. I think that's
1: fair. I'd love control, but, you know...
0: I know.
1: <laughs> but it stands to reason <laughs> in the way I do not mm, yeah
0: uh, the Ross can roll 11 too. and
1: a 2 alright oh, no, there fine. we go that's 3 successes
0: you've seen this once before it was rare when it happened back in the day because not too many people actually had the capacity to do what he is doing right now but Captain, you I leave it to you. How do you react to this? But you realize for a second, what's he doing? And you realize he's polarized his hull. You will not be able to lock onto him with a tractor beam.
6: Just so that it's okay. noted, there were two successes from the Ross. Okay. Wonderful. That gets us
1: all the way up and a floating uh, momentum. So I'd love to actually use both of those. Gosh, Ross is fired today, Aki gravy uh (laughs) i'd like to use both of those uh to create an advantage okay um seen it before okay uh so that difficulties surrounding this hull plating will get knocked down by one
3: um okay uh
0: So the just so you know, the trait that he has activated on his ship mm-hmm. makes him completely immune to tractor beams. So you'll But still, it you, will be
1: helpful if I want to try to shoot that out of his ship.
0: I mean, there's nothing in the world that says you can't precision shoot his engines and stop him from going any damn where
1: it really does there. There really isn't anything, is there? He's not
0: leaving you with a lot of options here. <laughs> and uh, he's probably getting close to when he's going to try to make a jump to warp speed, but there's no way a ship this small can outrun the Ross. i
1: hmm. have got fast engines, so I don't want to chance it. I assume they'd have to get all the way through the asteroid belt, for narrative reasons. But anyway, the point being...
0: He just needs to make it to the edge. And he is a in this round, he's going to reach the edge. You're not sure what he's planning. He's polarized his hole so he cannot get a tractor on him. But he seems to think he can get away. That much is true. He seems to think he can outrun you. Why?
1: Phaser lock and fire. Okay.
0: (laughs) Sensing that he's probably got another bullshit tactic up his sleeve. You ordered tactical to take a shot. Um, He is going to... Okay, so we're going to target his engines then. All right, this is going to be. Uh, does a cold
1: shot raise the difficulty, though? Because I don't want to do, like, respectfully, I don't want to do that to Dugan.
0: Um, uh, I think it does, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had
1: a feeling it would. Uh, so.
0: No, well, targeting the system. Favorite... Bashing an enemy ship until it can't move is all well and good. You can actually deal damage in a purposeful way. Consider that you want to stop an enemy from doing any. Okay, so the difficulty of your attack will be at plus one. But if you can and disable an enemy's weapons or shut down their engines, it could be worth it.
1: And uh because we created an advantage, it'll it'll neutralize it. So we'll be back down to, I believe, uh difficulty two.
0: Two. That's right.
1: Ooh. Um what, Can I uh roll for the order as an assist? Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You wanna you wanna take a shot at the uh go ahead. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you want to take a shot at the engines. I would say make it uh
1: Ross weapon but- security.
0: Um, so, uh, okay, captain. So the stats that I've been using for Dugan,
5: mm-hmm.
0: you're going to roll control security. hmm So that's going to be a skill of 12.
5: Okay.
0: So if you, do you want to roll it or you want me to roll it?
1: Uh... You roll it, because uh, I, I made my own assistance roll. So okay, cool. I shouldn't roll twice. It's not I the rolled
0: spirit of the holiday. 10 and 11. How Two Ross successes. Has? What did the Ross get?
6: Sam jinxed me. I got a natural 20.
0: Oh, no. Uh, All right. Um, What is the damage on the Ross's phasers? Eight. Oh, <laughs> Jesus.
1: I'd like to spend some power. Power?
0: I knew you were going to do that. (laughs) You're like, why make it eight when it could be more? Um, Mm -hmm. You can use piercing, can't you?
5: Mm
1: -hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do that, too. All
0: right. Let's see what I roll for damage. I roll one, two, three, four, five... Okay, hold on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten with four effects. That's 10 damage, that's gonna go five, that's gonna kill his shields, that's one breach, a second breach for hitting the hull. Um, you're using piercing, so it's gonna ignore mm-hmm. his resistance, that's gonna be impacted on two for scale, let me just roll here. Uh, oh, no, and
1: there's versatile appreciate. one on our phasers, isn't there? So we're gonna get a momentum back as well.
0: That's correct, yeah.
1: Uh, so with the two down for piercing, uh, oh. one up on the shot, I have it at five.
0: Five damage right total? Now. Five breaches? Uh, no, five
1: momentum right now.
0: Oh, five momentum. I was like five. Uh,
1: you, you have the damage, my friend. Uh, well, I suppose they do, don't they? Uh, uh, but yeah, uh, the power numbers to increase. I think it's increasing dice, isn't
0: it? So let's see, five. So I'm, I'm sorry, how much damage did I say it was? 10? Mm-hmm. Uh, before the power add. Right yeah he suffers two breaches to his engines mm-hmm. ship immediately loses two powers, engines cannot be used to perform or assist in any of tasks even at zero difficulty ship loses two power at the end of every round difficulty to repair is five, extended work ten, magnitude three, resistance two, difficulty mm-hmm. two, okay so and warp
1: is an engine's task, got him
0: the uh, strike on the ship well here's what's important he could still go to warp except it is a scale three ship Right, so here's. But oh, he problem has suffered three
1: breaches, hasn't
0: he? Here's the problem with that. He spent a power to try to outrun you, and he only has a power of three because he's a scale two ship.
5: Queenie baby.
0: So you basically dropped him to power zero. He cannot go to warp. <laughs> he's powerless. <laughs> He is basically you shot up his power system. So there is on the inside of his ship right now one of the consoles just exploded and the ship took a good rocking to the side as you make a direct hit on their engines and that officially brings that chase to a crashing halt and you hear Dugan at the tactical console go Captain we're being hailed
1: On screen and then I'll tell Dugan, hell of a shot.
0: Thank you, Captain. Coming up on screen, you see the face of one Knight and Josh, and you see this blast of what looks like exhaust coming from behind him on his bridge. And he goes, requesting assistance.
1: we're on our way i told you the special pips
0: that's a good question for the evening (laughs) that'll wrap us for tonight's session bam everyone
2: get your treachery pips tonight
0: (laughs) everyone wear your treachery pips
1: is the season
0: for the trees, Let's go Oh, wow! That was that was a juggle of a game to run, but everyone did amazing. How much, amazing. Threat, How much the threat? threat? The party was split three ways. Everybody was doing something. I love well done, everyone! Party. That was a great game.
4: Meanwhile, in the uh medical bay, because just like everyone is fine, I'm not to worry so about anyone, yeah.
0: like, no, like, I don't know no, what's I going on at it. all.
4: Explosion, this explosion <laughs> the end credit is just this. ship yeah. fighting under underground stranger things upside down, everything's right. fine, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> well, what um, is happening? so you have rescued the kid but now you're on the timeline of trying to get out of that hole and you've uncovered something rather shocking so join us again next monday night for our next episode of clear skies everyone thank you so much for joining us this evening for a great game and thank you ox crew and everyone who supports the stream punks on patreon we love you for letting us do this until next time my friends hailing frequencies are closed